The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. The Gold Card Podcast and the Esports Department want to wish everyone a happy and safe holiday season. Now, on to the LPL offseason. Welcome to episode 85 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti at Gelati LOL. With me tonight, we have the full Gold Card Podcast crew back at it again. We've got Chris Chung at Prime LOL on Twitter. Good evening, everyone. I'm just here to be a mascot. That's my role tonight. LPL mascot. Your favorite team. We got some. We got some stuff for your favorite team later. I'm pretty excited about your oh, favorite team. We'll talk about yeah, them in a little bit. We've got Josh Roberts at Roberts number forty nine. Good evening, y'all. Can I say go Northwestern or is that a party foul at this point? It's uh, go Cats. Yeah, we don't go Northwestern. We say go Cats. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. That was fun. Yeah. That was a fun game. <laughs> I watched a lot. Ohio, of that. State. Ohio State offensive line, best tackling unit in the nation. Yeah. Boom. And we have John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? All right. Um, so I remembered something as I was doing these introductions. Uh, we were talking before the podcast. We were like, oh, is there any news or any other topics you want to talk to? Because we're going to be spending this entire show doing LPL roster moves. There are 17 rosters. There's a lot to get through. But something I thought of before going into this. Uh, John, have all the season-long leagues that you're planning on doing filled up? Okay, so for season-long... All that and, I and, have left, and let people yeah. know just in general, like what what the plan is here, because a lot of people might not, you know, be in the esports department Discord, which you should be in by now. By the way, it's free. Come on, we're I all talk in about there. It a lot on uh, a lot on Twitter too. So if you follow me on Twitter, you would have seen it. But yeah, the season long leagues we did them last year in spring. Um, you get a draft date, you just do a snake draft, probably in the Discord. Last year I did it on Twitter, but uh, I think the Discord's a safe place to do it this year, so we'll probably do them in there. Um, and then I'm just doing best ball this year. Because we had to go individual leagues, uh, so you're just playing LCS or just LPL or just LCK. And because of that, there's not that many players to be drafted. So I just decided to go best ball with it instead of having people make roster moves in between weeks. Just uh, you get you draft six people. Four of them are going to play every week. And whichever position you have two of, you get whatever the best score is out of those two players every week. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, it's just nice and easy. It'll be a nice, easy draft to do. It'll be fun. Um, and the only leagues that I have left at the moment, actually, are the $100 LCK League and then all of the $500 leagues. Uh, we have 500 LCS, LEC, LCK, and LPL. And those are – they're not empty. Like, if there's some, if there's a couple people that are interested in those, we can fill those up for sure. Uh, some of those have five people in them, so we just need a couple more. I'm hoping to fill at least one of them because I decided not to play the 20s and 100s so that we could let more subscribers play them. Um and so I'm only in the 500s. So I'm hoping that we get at least uh, one of the 500s to fire, so I can play one. Sweet. And uh, where can where can people go to uh, get? I guess just contact you on Twitter. Or... 
Yeah, you're going to have to hit me up on my Twitter. I am going to try to get the standings and the rosters on the eSports department website during the during the split here. But for now, I'm running them all uh, through Google Sheets. So just come talk to me uh, if you're interested in getting involved. Like I said, we did it last spring. It was a ton of fun. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, get in touch with John for that. Um, okay. I mean, we have 17 teams worth of raw. This is like, this is crazy. This is like a hot stove season galore here, right? And it's a good thing we ended up running long last time because the LPL announced a whole bunch of stuff the day after we recorded last time. So it's a good thing that we didn't get to the LPL last time. So thank you for digressions, right? All right. Alphabet, we're just going to go in alphabetical order because that's what I wrote it down in. And otherwise we'll get lost like crazy. So let's get right down to it. Um, BLG, Billy Billy Gaming. Or they add Coach Kim from SKT. Uh, was with Dan Wan in 2019, Invictus in 2018 when they won the world championship. Uh, I would argue is like the third best coach of all time, maybe second. He's got to be right there in that argument. I mean, sure. he's he's there, to me. There's like a top three that's that's pretty clear. So, um, yeah. And then the roster is going to end up being. So I'll I'll go through the whole roster and then I'll say who I think the proposed starters are going to be and then if you guys have anything you want to interject with go for it. So, um, uh, Ali Ali and Bu Bu top, Meteor Zika, aiming and wings in the bottom lane and Mark and Jinmo supporting. So this is looking like it's going to be Bu Bu Meteor Zika aiming and Mark as your starting lineup for Billy Billy Gaming with a new coaching staff. Very Korean-looking team. Very Korean coaching staff. I, I, I Look, it's not even just that. I think this team just looks good, like player for player. Uh, this is an interesting roster for me. I think aiming was really good last year. Underrated because his team was not very good. Yeah. I think Meteor has been good a number of times throughout the years. Like, you know, a number of splits that he was pretty good. Bubu's been all right. Zeke I was not super impressed with. Mark, I was not super impressed with. So it's kind of a mixed roster for me. Some guys I'm excited about. Nobody here who's terrible, but nobody here who's, like, really blowing me open other than maybe aiming. Meteor, I think, is, like, an above average but not superstar jungler. Aiming, I think, has superstar potential. Yeah. See, I'm I'm much higher on Meteor than a lot of people are. I think um, if you get him in the right – I mean, keep in mind, too, of, like, all the off-season, like, all the off-the-rift stuff. Like, there was apparently a rift between him and Fofo, and there were some other issues that were going on. Um, that team was struggling at the time as well, so it was kind of like this weird, like, off-the-field stuff plus teams not winning. It was, it was like, like a, a lot of frustration potentially in that, in that locker room, so to speak. And um, – I mean, like, co- let's compare this to, like, BLG last year. Like, we were pretty optimistic about them coming into the season, and clearly it didn't work out like we thought it would. But is there any reason that this should be, like, a downgrade from last year? I think this is, like, if anything, I think it's probably an upgrade now that you shouldn't have any jungle-swapping nonsense or anything like that. It looks like you're going to have a more a more stable lineup. I was actually a pretty big fan of Fofo myself. Yeah. <clears throat> Notwithstanding, obviously, like you said, the chemistry issues that may or may not have been substantial in terms of the team success. So um, I'm not like I'm, I'm skeptical, at least of how in terms of just at least raw talent, Zika steps into that void. Yeah. Um, but obviously a lot like mid jungle synergies, arguably the, the most important synergy on the map on any on a, in any given match. So um, if that's 
you know, fixed, then this team could definitely be more dangerous. I'm just definitely a little bit uh, skeptical, kind of like what John was saying. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, go ahead, John. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's kind of how I feel is like Zeke, I think, is a downgrade from Fofo on a pure skill level. Now, if, if this clears up those issues we're talking about, then that's something else. Um, Bubu, I, I don't think is an upgrade. Mark, I don't think is necessarily, like, I don't think he's necessarily a downgrade, but I don't think he's like a big upgrade or anything. Yeah. So it feels pretty similar, maybe for me, maybe a slight downgrade from yeah. last year's Billy Billy. A lot of, a lot of side grades. Where it's like, okay, like this is see, like so you say Zeke is like, like he's not that much worse than Fofo, right? Like to me, to me, I have those two graded like very similarly. They're different kinds of players, but like in terms of production, I think they're pretty similar. Like maybe I'd give the edge. I mean, I'd give the edge to Fofo, but I don't think it's by that much. Yeah, I'm. I don't think either one of them was superstar necessarily, but I did think Fofo was was good last year, yeah. and Zeke was sort of average for me. Chris, what do you think of Billy Billy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, with this, this would be a team that I circle because of how we kind of ended last year, but it's such a high expectation, low, like very disappointing result. And, um, again, when you mentioned that there's a side grade, but, um, certainly that would drive a lot of people kind of to overlook this team. But I think like you, I'm a fan of Meteor. I think you, you have that solidified aiming. If he could play at the minimum what he played last year, I think this team could. Uh, do make more noise than he did last year. So I'm I'm optimistic, uh, but I am uh, certainly it's not a huge jump for me. Yeah, I think I mean I'll ask you guys one more thing with this team. Like, will we do we all agree the biggest upgrade this team made was the coaching staff? The coaching staff for Billy Billy has been horrendous for like a long time. So like, yeah, I think pretty much any coaching change I was going to be happy about. It seems like they're a team that every single year. We're Should saying, like, this is Billy Billy's year here. They've got a real roster here. They're going to make a run, and they just never are anything better than, like, an eighth-place, seventh-place type team. So yeah, They had, like, that one good season, and that was it, right? Yeah, this is – this is. I mean, he, the thing with Coach Kim is that he's gone org to org, and he has success everywhere. Like, literally everywhere he's gone. He's He was Longshu. Then he took Invictus to a world championship. Then he took Damwon to a, a quarterfinals when they weren't even going to be at Worlds. And then SKT, uh, they didn't make Worlds, but they were pretty good, and they had a bunch of, you know, they had some rookies playing in that in that team as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think this team's probably going to be pretty good, especially because a lot of these, a lot of the, the good teams stood pat, and I don't think many teams in the middle there really upgraded. I think a lot of the teams from the bottom upgraded, but a lot of teams in the middle downgrade and a lot of the top teams stayed the same. So there's a chance Billy Billy are just like a playoff team or like in that they're going to be in that mix. Cause I think there's going to be a lot more, there's going to be a bigger mix, even bigger than last season for that, you know, last couple of playoff spots in the LPL. Um, next up we have Edward gaming. Uh, we kind of touched on, uh, I guess we mentioned this a little bit before, but uh, Edward Gaming have been really, really busy this offseason. They've done a lot of kind of large, you know, big profile moves, different kinds of moves, but big profile moves. So first of all, Clear Love moves from coach to coming out of retirement to play again, presumably. Uh, he's one of the best of all time. I, I mean, I guess the debate is he's taking a year off. Is that good? Is that bad? Can he be, you know, 90% of what he was, 50% of what he was, somewhere in the middle? Like, what's, 
better than he was because he's rested. I gotta say, I've heard a crazy amount of hype about Clear Love coming out of coming out of retirement more than I thought I would hear for Clear Love because like he doesn't have the name for the casual fan that I think like a Faker or an Uzi or somebody does. Yeah. Unless they're an older fan, if they're an older if they're an older fan, they know him because he's been to like a bajillion world championships, so they just know his name. So yeah, I heard a, a, just a ton of people on Twitter excited about Clear Love coming back. Yeah. Um. So here, here's what's cool. I'm, I'm going to read down this whole roster, and then I'll give my spiel on it, and, and you guys can uh, chip in. So, uh, Maokai was the assistant coach for Vici, also a big tree. Uh, Josh is a huge fan. Yeah, I mean, this team's winning the league already. <laughs> over under number of Maokai picks. I, I'm hoping over. Like, I'm hoping it's going to be, like, over 20, because I'll throw a champion in the game, but... No one listens. Yeah, I guess if your heart stuck silver, you have no. We have to. We have to. Maybe I'm going to pitch this as a potential episode title. <laughs> Maokai Tree Coach. I'll just come up with a funny name from that. Um, okay, so EDG add Flandre from LNG, graded out as the top top laner, the second second best top laner in the LPL. Um, by my, well, he's actually the best if you take people that have actual sample size worth noting, not like, you know, three game samples. Uh, I don't necessarily think he was the best top laner, but the point being, he's very, very good. And he's like a, a you know, a stud and he's been that for a long time. Uh, Zhao Zhang's the other top laner serviceable clear love and JJ are going to fight for the jungle spot. JJ was good last season. I thought scout and Mako are back, but they've also added Gory an SK telecom prospect. Spent two years with SKT. Now, here's the kicker. They bring back Hope, who we all agree was an absolute stud last year, domestic talent, and they add Viper. And we're not talking the Riven one trick. Very bizarre move. I don't know anybody who, who like, understands what this was about. Because, like you said, I think Hope was a known stud for anybody that was watching. And I just can't see why this would be the team to go get Viper, and I can't see why this would be the team that Viper would want to go to. Even Because even if they say that you're getting the starting job, you have to be worried. If you don't perform and Hope is on this team, Like I think you have to be worried. So it's not really that safe for Viper for me. If he has a tough beginning to the season, we could see Hope popping in games pretty pretty early on, I think. I wonder if that was the thought process. You know, like, like all right, so... People like to talk about like I'm gonna I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a football comparison. I know we've been doing a ton of that, but like this is kind of similar to like having a good backup quarterback or going out and paying a good backup quarterback. The second anything goes wrong, the fan base is gonna be like, Oh, whoa, I wanna see this I wanna see the backup. And there's like and I actually wrote this down in my thing, I was like, there could be potential for whoever starts, there's gonna be potentially like that backup quarterback narrative, right? Where you know, the second anything goes wrong, they're going to be clamoring for the other one. But they're both good. To me, organizations shouldn't pay any attention to that shit. They shouldn't. Like, you should just play what's good. And to me, I think amassing assets, getting talent, and having that talent push each other to be better. Like, to, to me, this is like, if you have the money to do this, I don't see why not. So, like, maybe this is EDG flexing their wallet a little bit. I don't know. But... I mean, that, two huge acquisitions, really, with with Flandre and and Viper. 
one of them might not even play. But I would assume we get a timeshare. So, um, Josh, what do you think on EDG? Uh, so, a couple of things. Like, oddly enough, I'm going to draw parallels to uh, to my boy. But I almost wonder if Viper fell into a crown shot type situation. Maybe. Or, you know, his stats were really good. He looked really good. But people are just going to say he was the only player on the team and he got all the resources and that's the only reason he was good. So, people weren't – like, the market wasn't as strong for him as maybe we thought. Um, I do think that's a potential situation. Again, we never know with these things, and it definitely can happen. We literally just saw it happen. Um, so that that's something that came to me. And the other thing is, like, as a coaching staff trying to figure out how to handle these situations is definitely odd because, to me, it almost seems like you should just be rotating, um, like, series by series or something. But the tough part about that is, like, League of Legends specifically, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like basketball – in that, like, there's a lot of chemistry that you need, but it's not like basketball in that you have substitutions all the time. So you end up playing with these people anyways. Like, you're not often, you know, if you have a starting five, they don't play with that sixth guy that often in the roster, right? So it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle this. I was The first thing I looked at, too, was to see if um, – I didn't check Mako, but I, I was curious if, like, they had – if maybe one of these guys was older – and they're thinking about like moving one to support or something, but they're all like 20 below 22. So I don't think anything like that would be happening. That was the other thing that popped in my mind is maybe they're going to, you know, hoping to move one to support or something like that. But yeah. Yep. I mean, it's good. Is that Chris? Show? I didn't hear who that was. Yeah. I mean, it's wild to me because like with Viper, you got to think, does he train? I, I guess it's not if you like I said like if you have the resources to do something like this, it's like one of those like big money football clubs, right? Like if you have the resources to, why not? Right? Like maybe maybe your intent is to start Viper and Hope is your fallback, and that might feel shitty for Hope, but like if he's a known quantity and you bring in Viper and he doesn't transition to the the LPL or the Chinese metagame or, or he just doesn't make the transition to China specifically because a lot of people struggle with that. If he just doesn't make that transition, then, like, I mean, you, you have a top 580 carry in the league as your backup plan. That's pretty yeah, good I mean, to me. I guess that makes sense. Like, if, if Uzi's willing to sign with your academy team, like – you know why? Why wouldn't you sign him? You know, I mean, even if you got another eighty carrier or whatever, if you if you're willing to sign, if the guy's willing to sign to your academy team and the price is reasonable, why not pick him up? Who knows? So I guess that makes sense. I guess more the question mark kind of goes to the player at that point. It's like, why do you want to be in this situation? Maybe this was the best team as far as like chances of winning worlds that offered Viper a spot, and he was thinking to himself like. I'll, I'll accept a timeshare if I have to because I'm here to. I want to try to win worlds, and I think this is the best team that offered it to me. I don't know. This the more I'm thinking about it, Josh, this definitely has crash hot vibes to it, or just like set it like like didn't get what he thought he was going to get, like in terms of offers. So, yeah, I, the more I'm thinking about it, the more it. it I, I think Hope's going to be your starter. I mean, maybe for spring they march out. They march out Viper. I don't see like this is weird because like I don't know if this is gonna be like a slow drip like they incorporate him over time and then once he's in he's good, or if they're just gonna start hope and he's just the backup, or you if they're gonna start him right away. It's weird. Yeah, you know what? Actually, the more I think about it, I mean, we had pretty similar reactions last year to FPX and Con. 
Um, you know, one of those where it was like, it didn't like, at least that one in the top lane, you kind of have meta differences where we thought, you know, Khan would be the one that would play more carries yeah. and move more weak side. AD carry, there's not that much of that really anymore. Um, so it's a little bit different, but it kind of gives me a little bit of that vibe too. So that'll be interesting to see what yeah. they do. Uh, this is honestly, this is one of the most fascinating to me in any region. This is one of the most fascinating moves because you have like two bona fide. I mean, maybe Viper's not, but like you have two, you have a known stud and they're opting out of it, which is bizarre to me. And you're right, it's like FPX a little bit. Um, I, I mean, just overall, like besides that situation, th- this roster looks stacked as hell to me. This is going to be a good team. I mean, EDG are always good. That's the thing. It's just a matter of how good are they going to be. Like, I could see this team maybe winning the league. I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. Realistically, they're going to be sixth place again. Fifth or sixth place, like they always are. Yeah, that feels about right. This feels like a team that's like a fifth place team with upside, like a fifth place team that could they could get there if things went their way. Yeah, yeah, I think I think this is. I mean, maybe even a little bit better than fifth. I'd have to look at all the rosters again here and put them side by side, but they might be a slightly better than fifth place team with league winning upside. I dig it. Do they have more upside than they did last season? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, they had the roster issues with COVID and everything last season. They still were good. Like, they were still a good team last season. (laughs) I know they missed missed playoffs, but they were very good for a team that didn't make playoffs. So, I guess, you know, there's that. Uh, Um, Go ahead. I just don't want to overlook – I know we talked about it a lot, but Flandre is a massive, massive get in the top lane there. I will say it's going to be interesting to see how they end up playing because Flandre is typically more of a resource-heavy top laner. Yeah. And – the way that Hope and Viper both play is more of a scaling, get fed, I'm the carry style. So that's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing. Yeah, I did Um, just – I guess I'll uh, – because I'm going to reference this a couple times in this show. I might as well like go into it now. But uh, I've been working on a player-based model for this stuff. And without getting too far into the weeds, it basically is trying to – since the players, the, the players are in different situations, but we can look at past performance for the players – um, independent of the team. So I think, like, at the beginning of a season, that's, like, the best way to maybe try to get a read on what you think besides, like, your gut and your, your read on, on chemistry and everything. Uh, EDG grayed out as, like, the number three team in the LPL to me. Like, just based on just based on my my individual player projections, like, averaging their, their roster together. And uh, I, I really don't think that's too far off. So, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, I'll touch on that later, Josh. So basically, yeah, it's basically comparing them against their league. So for some of the LCK imports, I had to I had to kind of look at the LCK, and obviously that's not going to translate directly as we've discussed before. But no matter who's starting in this lineup, except for Gory, who we don't really have too much info on, like even in the top lane, like Zhao Zhang graded out as the tenth best top laner in the LPL to me. That like from a statistical profile, uh, JJ was the thirteenth jungler. Yeah, like, th- this team's just going to be, like, th- th- and obviously we've seen the Scout and Mako Foundation, no matter what's around them, is just good always. So, like, they have this, like, super high floor that they're just going to take, like, one season to spike, and this looks like it could be a team that could do that. So, um, E-Star. Uh, coaching staff still up in the air. They've been using a guy named Panda for the, the uh, yeah, I know, for the um, off-season tournaments. But the roster is currently very interesting. I'm going to go in reverse order because the last one I think is hilarious, and I want to kind of meme on Josh and John a little bit here. Uh, not even meme on. I just found it hilarious because I was looking into the guy. So, um, Chelsea returns. 
Chelsea was awesome last season. He was one of the best supports, not just in the league, but in the world. He was very, very good. Um, so we have Chelsea returning. We have Rat, who played some games toward the end of the season. Uh, was behind Wink for the vast majority of E-Star's first year in the LPL. But, uh, you know, tough to tell. He was kind of just, like, unexciting. Didn't really do anything too bad. Didn't do anything too good. Uh, didn't get a, a big sample size. I think it was, like, 10 games or something like that we got from him, so it wasn't a lot. Um, interesting. So we have Irma, who was actually the sub-midlaner last year. He was one of the sub-midlaners last year for them. And Insulator, who was the mid lane in FPX Academy. Insulator was arguably the second best player in the LDL last season. I would like just like looking over it, he looked to me like he was top five minimum. Uh, he was the second best mid laner. I think the only other person above him was Captain from IG Young, who we're going to talk about a little bit later because he's going to be playing. So they got one of the premier prospects in the mid lane, uh, Hacker. Not a fan. Not a fan of that. And then, also of IG Young, uh, also of IG Young, who I just mentioned, uh, Z's, who used to be Yi on IG Young. Uh, and I wrote down just kind of the troll a little bit. He has a pentakill on Renekton. Guy's got to be a god, right, John? He has to he be a god, be, right? right? Yeah, he must. He has to be. I mean, it's, I guess Renekton's really not that impressive. I mean, I don't like seeing Renekton, but if Renekton gets ahead, he is the kind of champion that can get a pentakill. Yeah. So, Eastar staying young, besides Chelsea. It's old man Chelsea and a bunch of young guns. You have two oh, of the... Hacker. And Hacker. So, you guys, Chelsea... God, Hacker was so bad last season. He was so Hacker, bad. Hacker graded as my 20th best this. jungler last season. <laughs> he was so bad. Yeah, Hacker's the part of this lineup I don't like. Yeah, the same. rebuild, I like the rebuild. I think Insulator's the good pickup. I think Rat and Shousey is a, is a good bot lane to work with. Um, Z's seems fine from what we've seen of him. I'm, I'm more, I don't like the Hacker pickup for yeah, multiple reasons. Not only do I not think he was good last season, but it seems like an ideal spot to have another young player there Agreed. with your young core. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that pickup at all. The team, this team seems like a slightly out of the playoffs team to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. So, if Insulator and Z's end up being, or ZS, I don't know what they're going to end up calling them. Like, if they end up being studs, how good is this team? Like, yeah, it seems like it's a, it's like a, at least a playoff team. I think Hackers holding it back from being a, like, even if those guys are studs, I'm not sure they get there, but uh, I think they're a playoff team probably if those guys are studs. Yeah. See, my issue with this team is that we need like if those guys are studs, then they're maybe like they're probably maybe a playoff team, like sixty percent a playoff team. And if that's like your ceiling, I don't know if I dig that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm I really wish they just went with another young guy. I don't know. Maybe Hacker SOFMs this season and just like is insanely good out of nowhere. I don't know, but I, I'm. I want to be a fan of this lineup really, really bad, and I just can't. Like, he's just such a gaping hole to me that it's it's tough to, right? All right. Um, anything else on E-Star? Chris, anything on E-Star? Uh, not much. You guys covered it all. Way was is a definitely a big loss for this team. Yeah, yeah, and we're we're gonna we're gonna touch on him a little in a little bit for sure. Fun plus Phoenix, your 2019 World Champions, and your non-playoff. 
your non-world championship attending teams in 2020. They add Stake as a coach. Before we get into the players, what do you guys think on that? Uh, they lose Warhorse. Uh, I so I'll, I'm going to say my my brief little thing on this, and it's mostly filled with questions for you guys because I want to get some second opinions on this. Warhorse, do you think Warhorse un, like didn't utilize this roster well last season? Do you think FPX was a coaching issue or a player issue or both? Like, and what was like you're waiting for it? Because to me, this was like. 40% coaching, 30% the players, 30% like the rest of the league getting better and figuring them out a little bit, which I think is also partially a coaching thing. So uh, as good a coach as he is, he's a world championship coach. You don't do that without being at least somewhat good, right? But did this team feel like they were just slow to adapt to everything? Yeah, I felt like they were stuck in their ways and and, and slow to adapt, like you mentioned. Uh, I think... I, I'm not expecting a lot out of out of the same lineup, so I'm glad that they went and did a little something to try to spice things up and move things around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, um, you can go I, ahead and read the roster if you want to, John. Yeah, uh, uh comes in to join Tian, Doinbee, LWX, Crisp, and then they do have uh, Prince as a backup AD carry. And Crisp. So, yeah, I, I guess really this is like, Essentially running it back because, like, I wrote down I, – I started writing my, my LPL preview, which will be out at the esports department probably in a couple days. Um, the the Nogri edition was arguably the biggest acquisition of the offseason for anybody. Like, there's a there's an argument for that, I think, right? Like, yeah, like him, you had Chovy, you had Perks, or really, really big acquisitions, right? Um, they were, like, the big the big three, right? So and, – and he fits right in to what this team wants to do, right? There shouldn't be a language issue unless he – I don't know how FPX communicated, but they've had Korean players on their team, so I, I imagine they have some way to figure this out. Nogari was obviously a beast. Um, The thing for me is that, like, top lane – okay, so Khan got subbed out for Game Goon. They started winning, right? I think because that happened, everybody wants to point to the top lane as the problem for FPX – Gimgun and Khan both graded in the top six for me. Like, the top lane wasn't the problem for this team. Chemistry, I think, was the problem, and overall, like, read on the game was the problem to me, which is a coaching thing. Now, I don't know... Like, I don't have a lot of faith in Stake. I haven't liked what he's done pretty much anywhere he's gone, besides when he was a player, and he was like, okay, right? I haven't liked anything... I didn't like what he did on LNG... RNG in 2018 and beginning of 20 yeah RNG in 2018 they were they had issues too. They had so many draft issues that team. So like at least he's a veteran. I guess you've got that going for you, but like on paper this team should be insane. Like they should be a top 4 team again, right? But we said the same thing last year. So I I'm just curious like do you think Nogari is going to be the bigger deal or Stakes going to be the bigger deal? I guess is the bigger question. Or is there some other factor? that you guys are thinking about. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly jump in. Like you, I'm, I'm not a fan of Stake. I thought, you know, when he went to RNG that he was going to change some things, and that did not happen. RNG actually got worse under him. Uh, this acquisition is weird. Now, they added Nuguri, so that begs the question, do they change their style? Because FPX has not really played through the top lane, right? 
they just allowed Gemgun to either play weak side top or let Khan try to do something, play their way, and then. But this this asks for a fundamental change in their approach. Uh, if you add Nuguri into like, do you funnel the resources to him? Does that take away from who? I mean, Doinbi is a fantastic support mid, but uh, that still does it. That throughout the years, the success we saw with FPX was they played their style, they played their draft, they tried to stick with that, didn't work. Uh, but this just this is asking for a, a big change than what we know FPX to be. And I guess like I'll just tack on to that as I throw it to Josh and John here. Like, in addition to what Chris said about the fundamental change here, like, is that what's going to have to happen? And are they capable of being that good changing up? Because we we kind of by the end of last season they had adapted to what the meta game was. Right, it took them forever, but they eventually did, and they didn't look that good. So I don't know if that was just like lack of polish, but do you think the game has passed this team by, or do you think they're capable of getting back to where they were? I think the meta game is going to matter a little bit. I do actually kind of I, I like the Nuguri move more than a lot of other people. I think Gimgun is a is a good player. I think Khan is a good player, but I think Nuguri fits really well with what they're going to want to do on this team. With if you're going to have Dwayne be playing like cool supporty mids that can roam around. Nuguri's a great player to be roaming for uh, and helping out a lot. So, yeah, I really like this move, and I, I'm hoping that it brings them some success this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was a really cool move. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to love the move. I'm just wondering, like, is the move going to solve their problems, I guess? What do you think, Josh? Uh, I think they're going to be similar to G2. We've talked about how they were just really harmed, I think, by the meta game in terms of not being able to really like split push and beat people around the map. So I think more than anything else, I think it'll just come down to the meta on that front. I, I really don't think it's too much of a question of chemistry or talent or even to that much of an extent coaching because I just think that you have the style of players that play a, a certain – that are good at playing the game a certain type of way and – regardless of how much coaching you give them, they, they're just not good at the other styles. So I think it's going to ultimately come out of that. And, and I think that's, you know, I think that's fine. And I think it's something that, you know, it exists in other sports too. You know, you have um, players that can only play one, one type of style. And if they don't fit in, then, then they need to, you know, they're either not going to do well or they find a new home or whatever it may be. It's just that in, in league, it's a little bit different in that you can't just – you know, just as easily just replace them with someone who can play that way, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, the other thing is too, like, it's another for the four for the four people staying. It's another year of them playing. I mean, they've had a year of them playing this under their belt. Maybe they realize, like, okay, we've got to keep up. You know, we can't just like do what we were doing because, like, honestly, in spring split, they were just doing what they were doing, and it was still working. Like, it was clearly suboptimal, right? And they were just good enough to make it work, kind of like G2 did at Worlds this year, right? Like, that was not what G2 wanted to be doing, but they're good enough to make it work anyway, right? So I, I kind of feel like this could be that kind of team. Like, I don't see FPX not making the playoffs again. It seems just the players are too good. But um, whether they win the split, I think, is is fair to question, I think, right? Even with the no Gree edition. Yeah, I don't think this makes them necessarily – just quickly, I was going to say, I just don't think it necessarily makes them a favor to win the split, but I think it, it gives them a better shot at it. Are they going to be overpriced in the markets? Because I, I think they're going to be way overpriced because people people love hype off-season moves. It's like their favorite thing in the universe. It depends if the books care about that. 
Yeah. Like, people, I think, are, might overrate them, but are the books going to overrate them, or are they just going to treat them like FPX last season, in which case they might actually be undervalued? It's hard to say. Yeah, I actually, like, uh, again, I'm just just teasing it, so you check it out at the eSports department. In my preview, I literally wrote, like, this team's just going to be hard to bet for a while because they're probably going to be underpriced and overrated. Or overpriced and overrated, which is like a that that's the worst. You never want that because then the teams you just they're like untouchable unless it's like an extreme circumstance, right? So yeah, it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see how this works out. But yeah, I mean you can't fault the addition. They went out and got a stud. I'm never gonna fault a team ever for that, like no matter who they have, you know. So um Invictus. We teased last week that Invictus were running it back. And then they promptly said, maybe. <laughs> so Invictus add Firefox to the coaching staff. Firefox is, give me one second, I had, uh, I had uh, took a year off last year, well, in an official capacity anyway, uh, was the 2018 J-team coach, was with RNG before that in 2016 and 17, and before that with IMA. That's a throwback, right? Um, Invictus are going to be the shy Ning slash Zune. Zune's from their their farm system. Rookie. They add Wink from E-Star. Still have Puff. Still have the four supports they had last season. So, <laughs> Balan, Lucas, Reheal, and Southwind are making their not triumphant return. Weird return. They're kind of like showing up to the party. Just like, yeah, they're like coming in like an hour after everyone got there. They're just like, yeah, guys, I'm here. You know. They're just like standing in the corner with a solo cup, you know. Um, I'll say this, Balan, when he came back, we, we all thought he was retired or something weird like that, right? Balan, when he came back, was, like, insanely good. He was, like, one of the best supports in the league last year when he was back, right? So, we have the Shy Zune from the from the Academy system. I would presume it's going to be the Shy. It's probably just going to be the Shy Ning rookie, Wink, and Balan would be my guess. Like, they're just going to run it back with Wink instead. And then like Zoon's there if, if Ning starts inting too hard. That's gonna be that's like that's my read on this roster. Uh with that in mind, unless you guys have thoughts on who else is starting. Thoughts. I like this personally. Same. Same. I'm uh I like Wink. I think he's a good player. I did not think the puff experiment worked well. <clears throat> and I like Wink quite a bit. So this just seems like a straight upgrade for me. I hope Ning at least gets to start with the starting job. I think he just fits the way that Rookie and the Shy and Bowland want to play so well that you got to give him a shot at it. If he doesn't, you know, if he has a really tough season, then okay, then you can start looking at replacing him again. But I, I hope they start with Ning and just run back the same lineup that they played last year, but with Wink instead of Puff, and I think they're a contender. Yeah. Um, I guess I should ask you guys to, like, to make, see if, like, where we are in terms, like, just get the foundation at hand. Do we all think Invictus should have been at Worlds? Because I think Invictus should have been at Worlds over LGD. They just had lightning struck twice, and they had two shitty series. Yep, I think so. I mean, you can make the argument that the fact that they had two shitty series is maybe because they maybe proved they shouldn't have been there. But, I mean, I had Invictus great as the third best team in the LPL. I thought they got better and better as the summer season went on. When they changed the coaching staff over, they started looking better, like, immediately. Uh... I mean, clearly better than the results that we saw, I think. But, oh, I forgot to mention, they also added um, 
Snow, who was in the academy, and played with all of these supports. So they're going to have potentially just like a bot lane from the academy league if um, Balan wants to, you know, hang out for six months again and then come back. I don't know what the deal is there, but uh, yeah, just wanted to mention that so I didn't forget. I, I like this team. I, th- I think they're going to be good. I'm probably going to have some futures on them. There's just too much. I like the idea there. of. I like the idea of getting futures on them. I like the idea of betting IG early in the season. I think they're going to be undervalued probably in the markets. A good place to go. Although I will say, from an outsider's perspective, everyone knows I did my challenge with Wilson, and uh, Wilson as a, as a non esports fan up until the last split. He said IG is the number one team that people want to bet and want to be good. But like according to his like model statistics, everything he looks at, they're like the most overvalued team in like all of League of Legends, according to him. Maybe overvalued. Maybe name brand value. It's gonna be interesting to see how that adjusts this year, now that they had kind of a mortal season last year. Maybe that comes back down to earth and suddenly they're in business again. Like at least for us anyway. What do you think, Chris? I am thinking this team will have their ups and downs again and hopefully more ups than downs. But the inconsistency I still expect just because, uh, man, they got to figure out their support. I'm excited to see Lucas. I yeah. thought he was he played pretty well. Uh, but Baolan is, should be. If Baolan starts, I am fully into this team, but I doubt that that's their plan going yeah, forward. They, they really were. Like, the second that coaching staff came in and he started playing again, like, they were just night and day different. They were so much better. So if that's, like, the lineup from the get-go, I'm going to be way in on them. But they have four supports rostered, so who the hell knows? You know, like, this, this anything could happen here. Anything else on uh, Invictus, Josh? No, I was just going to say I kind of agree uh, with Wilson's take there on them in general being a little overrated. I do think it's a team we want to be good. And I also think that they're just as likely to still struggle just as much because, you know, they just, they're just missing the power of friendship. No, but they're not, though. Not if Ning starts again. They'll have four out of five, which means they're like... Yeah, so they're still missing Jackie. All right, that's... they're not Superman, but they're like Batman or something. Fits the color scheme. <laughs> All right, um, JDG, John's boys. Let's talk about yeah. Let's talk about arguably the worst off season. Well, maybe yeah. not. Maybe not. It, it might not be that bad actually. But I hated all their moves. Really? All right. So uh, I well, also wrote Kanavia because I'm an idiot. So ignore that. But... If you ignore <laughs> our previous argument about putting Uzi on your academy team, then if you ignore that argument, then I hated these moves. They might be all right if you factor in the Uzi on your academy team argument. All right, so we'll just go into it. So, Coach Holmes out. They pick up Chashal from Suning uh, for the coaching staff. Uh, Zoom, Kanavi. All right, so I'll just say, Zoom, Kanavi, Yagal, Loken, and Lumau are all back. So, the five are that back. That I love. Yeah, that I love. They also added GA and Mystic. This part, that is the part that makes very little sense to me. I can't see a world where GA would ever play over Yagal. Mystic, I could I could see it if the meta was right. There are some champions that I think Mystic plays better than Loken, but I don't think Mystic's better than Loken in general. I think so he's I just a don't know. Better, but like it's it's nitpicking, honestly. I think I think Loken's better on some champions, and and Mystic's better on some other ones. 
Uh, like, if you're going to be playing Ezreal, I think Mystic's a better Ezreal. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see a world where ZAs should ever be playing on this roster. And I wouldn't play Mystic right away either unless something's going on with the metagame. So I'm a little surprised that they would go out and, and spend to bring in... And we don't know what the spending was, but I'm a little surprised they would go out and spend to bring in two guys that, for me, are not upgrades on their roster as it is. I do love the the coaching change. I think the coaching change was smart. So I'll throw this to Josh and Chris. Like, so in I'll put, I'll throw this to you guys because I know for a fact you guys play fantasy football, right? Do you know the concept of the jock block, picking up a free agent so that another team doesn't, if you've got the roster space to do so? Tends to be a little bit overrated, but if you actually have the roster space to do it, it's a good thing to do, right? Like especially like come playoff time. Um, does this feel a little bit like again, like the same thing we saw before with um, with EDG, like JDG maybe throwing their wallet around a little bit here, just being like, okay, like we don't want you to have these two. Also, like, I mean, if you think about it, like this team has been together for more than a year. All these players have been playing for a very long time. There's a chance they just pick this up because, like, there's a burnout situation or they're afraid of that. In that case, I'll, I'll tell you something. If that ends up being the case and they've got two, you know, I'll say I'll say better than league average players. I think ZA is about the league average, but I think, like, Loken and Mystic are above average, right? It's a pretty good problem to have if you've got the money. This is like a Yankee situation. If you got like the capital to do it, like why not have like stud backups like this? Because if your players just get burnt out a little bit, or maybe they get hurt or something, like I want the best possible thing as a backup. And then, like John said, you have champion specific things too. So, I mean, I don't think anyone's arguing like Yagao over, over Zia. I think Yagao's like way better. But like, if Yagao's having like an off month or something like that, forcing someone to play through that can be a good thing. It can also be a terrible thing to do, right? If you just get someone in a rut and you're forcing them to go out there every time, like it's good because it teaches them to get out of that rut. But if they never do, their psyche can just be like crushed. So if he looks bad for like three series, four series in a row, bring ZA in, be like, yo, take the week off, reset, get some rest, and then come back and we'll be good to go. Maybe I'm just being overprotective because I want them to run this roster back because I think this roster could have been world champions if they drafted a little better. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'm just worried that we're going to see ZA day one, and and I mean and maybe you team. maybe you do, and you see ZA for the first six weeks of the regular season. Maybe you see him for the whole spring split. Could be. I'm I'm worried. I'm worried that we're going to see some some something get botched here. I think we're all scarred a little bit too much from from coaching staffs roster like, yes. swapping too much. When I think the reality of the situation went is the difference. Between those most of those situations and this situation, FPX withstanding because I think that was maybe the exception to having two just bona fide studs that they just couldn't figure out the right. I mean, they kind of did eventually, but don't you just want good players on your team through and through? Like that's the way I look at this. Yeah, I mean, the more you guys talk about it, the more it's like if they're really if the plan is to run it back, but if the meta changes put Mystic in or if slump they need happens. to give – Yeah, if there's a slump thing, then maybe move somebody in. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. I'm talking off the ledge, John. It's all good. JDG are going to be worlds again next year. Don't worry about it. And they're not they're not terrible. Like, I mean, ZA – I don't like ZA at all these right, days. Yeah, so, and, I, and I was a big ZA fan when he was on WE, but I do not like him these days. Look at this roster with Z if ZA and Mystic play. If ZA yeah. and Loken play, is this a playoff team? 
Yeah, with ZA and Logan, yeah. it's, it's still probably a playoff team. Is this team. a team that could win the split? I mean, it's a playoff team with ZA for sure. Is it a team that could win with ZA? I don't maybe. know. Maybe not. Maybe not. The mid lane is pretty important in the LPL. You're going to be facing some serious studs, and I don't know if the ZA can handle Rookie or or Knight or any of those guys. And and like Yagao has done that on multiple occasions. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, in the end, it's it's not it's not bad. You talk me off the ledge a little bit. Yeah. To, to me, it's never bad to have talent. Period. Like I don't care. If, like, I guess the only the only bad thing that can happen is your fans bitch a little bit. Like that's the worst case scenario. Or your coach somehow botches it. And I think we've just been. We've been conditioned to expect that to be the case. So I think we're a little bit skeptical of this when I think the reality is like these players are all like if ZA is your backup mid laner, that's insane, right? So anyway. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to have somebody that decent as your as your backup. Agreed. Um I think just quickly, I think the argument for meta adaption adaptation and maybe allowing that to ha- um to have these quality starters, not even qualities, these are like top Chris might be lagging out here. So. Oh, there he goes. Okay. Say that again, oh, Chris. Sorry. You like that a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, like I uh, like I reiterated, so if you're going with that angle of like uh, meta adaptation, that's a great way to have like, because these are quality backups, not even backups. They can be starters on any team. And then you have that swap. You don't miss a beat. But if you're saying for them to take a week off, say Yagao or Logan or not having a good stretch down the line, and you replace them with these guys... They might never get the job back, and what does that do to your psyche? I don't really like that angle too much, so that's why I'm cautious. I'm just always a fan of competition breeding a better situation. Uh, I mean, I can see. I I think the problem with this kind of thing is like the isolated incidents where it's you see the disaster are very visible and very apparent, and people like to point to them and be like, "That was it. That was it." And the results oriented about it. When the fact of the matter is, like, you have ZA coming off the bench. That's ridiculous to me. You have, a, you have a guy that's better than, like, half the mid laners in the LPL. And I'm not a high on ZA at all, but he's, like, an average league average mid laner, right? So, it's pretty nuts to me. I, 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 JDG are going to be a top four team again, I think. They're just too good. It's too much chemistry. The added talent I don't doesn't look like they're going to disrupt things too much. Even if one of these up, even if, like, Yagal takes, like, a, you know, like a six-week break, this team's a playoff team, <laughs> like... So I, I think JDG are going to be really, really good again. If anything, I think this bolsters them. So and the coaching change, like John mentioned, I think is maybe a welcome, uh, welcome change. Not that home was bad, but sometimes the change can be good. You know. Um. Let's see. LGD. Unless anyone's got anything else on JDG. Last call. No, I was just going to say, like their their coaching staff on JDG was good for the most of last year, but I thought they dropped the ball in a big way in some big moments. And that's kind of, you're going to lose it there, unfortunately. Top did as well, which we're going to get to in a little bit. Um, LGD run the same coaching staff back, but a very different looking roster. So Colt, who was a sub last year that we didn't really get to see at all. He's been a sub on this team for seemingly forever. I don't know, but they always have like 20 different subs, so I don't know. Was he on WE? He might have been on WE at one point, and I just am crossing the two up. Old Chinese orgs with a bajillion subs. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like it's probably... he went. You know, he probably went back and forth between LGD and WE. He was just hanging out at both team houses solo queuing, so... Um, Colt is going to be your starting top laner, unless something changes. I think we have seen him before, we just didn't see him in summer. I'm pretty sure we saw him in spring and like a little bit of summer the year before, maybe. 
I feel like he's gotten a couple games here and there, but yeah. uh, nothing that stood out to me or yeah. made me go, man, they got to make this guy the starter. Exactly. So we got Flora and Kui. I think it's going to be Kui. <laughs> I'm glad I found a typo in my sheet, which says same LGD gaming. <laughs> Coincidentally. Um, Flora and Kui both are from LGD Young, the LDL team for LGD. Uh, both got time. Flora got more of it. I believe I could be crossing the two up, but I'm not going to look right now. So two guys from their academy, two junglers from their academy roster. Uniboy from AHQ, who we saw at World Championships this year, subbing for PSG Talon. Um, Kramer returns. Garvey's going to lane swap from top lane to AD carry, presumably to be the sub, I would think. And then Peace... From JDG was the support that studied under Lumao basically the entire time he's been good, so he just hasn't had a chance to play. Uh, Peace is a really highly touted support prospect. A lot of people think he's the best support prospect in in basically China. Uh, he's a lot of people very very high on him. He's got a lot of good things to say about Lumao. Lumao had a lot of good things to say about him, even though he hasn't played. Uh, that bottom lane should be really, really good. Uniboy is going to be interesting making the trade. There's a lot of LMS imports. Well, a lot of like, a couple of like big, big name LMS imports to the uh, LPL. This split has almost always found a way to be like they're almost always like league minimum. Like like they're like average starters. Like at the worst, a lot of the time, you think like Maple and Fofo, right? The um, best players from the LMS usually end up to be solid. Reliable, yeah. but not superstar level. Yeah, like let's like Jun- players. Junjo was from the L- LMS. Fofo, Carsa, Carsa, SOFM. Well, he was Sword from VCS. Sword Art. So it's not unheard of. Like good is good. I'm I'm a fan of that mantra. So the th- here's my bigger question about Uniboy, and really like my bigger question about this team in general is Uniboy's played like almost all of his career with Kongwei who we saw play with him at Worlds. This is going to be, like, one of the first situations in a long time that we've seen him without him. And it's against better competition. And it's with basically an unknown jungle situation and, at best, maybe, like, a league average top. This is, like, a bottom lane team to me. And I, I, I am I'm not optimistic about LGD. I think LGD are going to go right back to where they've been for five years. Just I'm... I'm... Yeah, I, I've I haven't looked at all the rosters. I like doing this on the show. I've watched all the moves, but I haven't put all the rosters together until we do the show. So I don't know all the rosters exactly by heart yet. But this looks like a bottom three team to me, or bottom yeah. five team to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll go bottom five just to be conservative about it. But uh, you got to remember too, like Peanut. I think Peanut was the best player on this team. Oh yeah, big like, time. And I all thought- of their wins happened because Peanut was in the game. Now. ZA played out of his... I thought ZA had an insane Worlds tournament, even though they didn't really do... They, they didn't end up doing that much, but, like, I thought he was incredibly good at Worlds. But Peanut was the star of this team. They lived or died by him. Like, the games where he got them going, they won. They the tried only, to lose them, but they won. The only upside thing I can say for them is that there have been splits in the past where Kramer was a real stud. He was good last La- year. He was good last year. He was... Like, Peanut was really the star. I wouldn't have put put Kramer even in that realm. Um but there was seasons in the past where Kramer was in that realm, like where he was a real real true stud, I think. Um 
So maybe he goes back to doing that, and their bot side, and if Uniboy transitions well, they've got a good mid and bot lane. Go through that. The rookies work out. I, I think it's a stretch to even see them as a playoff team, but there are maybe some scenarios where they can be a playoff team here. Yeah. They could end up being like OMG, where it's like, okay, they're not, they're better than like the literal bottom of the barrel, but they're like right above that. You know, it's like, yeah. You've got the, the bottom feeders, and then you've got the things that feed on the bottom feeders, and that's <laughs> so, and probably lose a game or two to them. Um, Josh, you got any thoughts on LGD? No, not really. I do like uh, – what was I going to say? Oh, I do like that they kept Kramer, I was just going to say, because I don't know, like, it seemed like some moves, and it seemed like they at least kept the centerpiece. And I thought he was good last year, so. They did keep like the that. same coaching staff, too, for what that's worth. I don't like this coaching staff at all, but continuity is worth something, I think. <laughs> They weren't a Worlds team, like, in our eyes, and they made Worlds. So, I mean, you, you can give them some credit. I, I just have issues with literally everything else. <laughs> like, I like – I actually like their drafting. I think their drafting is, like, solid. Like, they had – from a drafting standpoint, they just drafted good fundamental teams, which is, I think, why they got away with so much. They won a lot of games in draft, but, like, my issue with this team is that you didn't coach the players up. They had good drafting, but poor coaching of the players because the players like tried to lose games. Like they, this team. How many times did we see this team? Like they were up like five k gold, and they somehow came close to losing a game. They didn't, but they came close to losing it so many times. This team threw more leads than any team in the world. I think so. Yeah, I, I I'm always going to question the coaching staff from that point of view. But like from a drafting standpoint, I thought they were solid, and by the end of the year, they were quite good. So, um. And, like, look, I don't want to take anything away from LGD because they elevated when it mattered. And they were good at the end of the season. And I thought they had a pretty good world, you know, world championship overall. I didn't expect them to get out of that group. I thought they played admirably in those games. So, they overachieved, but I also think they lost their best player here. And that's pretty tough to replace, especially if you're trying rookies out. So, I do like that they're staying in the system, though. And they're keeping some blend of continuity and new things. Which we talked about last week with the LCK, I think is a good a good way to approach things. So maybe they're not quite bottom feeders, but I'm not optimistic about this team. LNG. I'll start with the coaching staff. They had uh, Lynn Gans LDL coaching staff, which is a handful of people. Uh, Mikuya, who I really don't know anything about, he played in SDX. Uh, I've watched. Just some highlights. I, I didn't really, you know, dive into his film or anything like that. Uh, looking at his numbers was a little better than average. Uh, not in system, by the way. They're not related teams. Um, LNG has a separate academy team. They add Tarzan, who is the really the big, I think the big like the the big hype acquisition. I think some people are going to point. Yeah, to the second next big, one. second biggest addition uh, of the off season. I think probably. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll touch on the next one then, which is um, obviously Tarzan from Griffin with that whole system. They had Icon from ONG. Arguably my favorite player of all time, despite he's been just awful. He's terrible. I was going to say, like, everyone's entitled to like a bad player. I think everyone's allowed to have, like, a pet player that they like. I think Icon is your pet player, John. Okay, look, before the last year, he was excellent. And then last year he was awful. Fucking awful. And, 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 he was so bad know, last year. 
I don't know if it was just the team that he was in and people were like, he just wasn't happy there or if the team was just not gelling well or, or what last season, but he really went from like a guy that I thought was like, would have been a top tier pickup for almost any team in the league to like just bottom of the barrel garbage last year. So I hope he's got it back again this year. Cause I think this team looks kind of cool if he's good. Yeah. Uh, so I'm with you, John. Like, so I had super high hopes for icon and curse really and omg but that's a long story so i had super high hopes for them but i mean calling a spade a spade icon not even underperformed expectations he was just flat out bad like really really honestly like mechanically not bad at all and there were some games where he flashed he had a couple echo games where he was just getting his shit kicked in and pulled a rabbit out of a hat and made it work right Icon didn't grade out as a starting mid laner to me. Like he wasn't a starter. Like he wasn't in the top seventeen. No, I, he was I mean, he bad. Was, yeah, he was just bad last season. So, I have to admit it. I will say though, I thought Curse was absurd last season. Yeah, for a team that was really bad. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? I had high expectations, so I'm trying to measure like how much of this was like actual underperformance and dis- versus disappointment, or like both, if it's compounding on itself, right? I really do think he was just terrible last season. Like, if you just watch his games, just terrible decision-making. Like, almost every – especially in summer. Now, I don't know if this was just the OMG effect and he mailed it in. I think there's a, that's a very real possibility. We've talked about that. We, we've seen really good players just mail it in on good teams in traditional sports too, right? But, I mean, he was literally the reason they lost a lot of games. Like, they had winnable games that, like, he was just ended up making terrible decisions in and losing. And – I'm starting to think that, like, maybe he's actually just not that good. And he just, like, had a good season and people maybe figured him out. Or maybe he's just gotten a little bit worse than he was. But, like, for the sake of argument, let's say that, like, he gets to somewhere in between how bad he was last year and how good he was the year before. How good was he really the year before? Top eight mid laner? I, I think he was, yeah, uh, well, maybe Starter? only top eight, maybe only top eight because of how absurd the LPL's mid laners were. I think yeah. he would have been like a, like a top three mid in the LCS for yeah. like that year or a top two mid in the LCS. Like he was, I thought he was very good. So like his ceil- his ceiling, like what we thought his ceiling was, then obviously he could break through what our expectations, but what we perceive his ceiling when he was at his best is like top eight mid laner in the LPL, right? He was not a starter in this iteration, right? Uh, that year, it's it's so hard it's to hard. tell. I agree with you. It's hard. If he was on a really good team that year, who knows how good he would have been. Yeah. So, or like, let's, let's like, was. meet in the middle somewhere and say he's, like, I don't know, like, the 13th best mid laner. Like, he's a starter. A functional starter with, like, some upside, maybe. Right? He's still very young. So, like, if that's the case... We didn't even get to the rest of the lineup. We're just triggered on it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so they add Plex as well. Plex, the classic Band-Aid solution to all of the LPL's mid lane problems. If there is a guy that is just like the 15th to 17th ranked L- like mid laner in the LPL, it's that guy. It's like he's like he's like Alex Smith of the LPL. Like he's just there. He doesn't do anything bad. He doesn't make any tremendous outplays. He's just a guy that's not going to screw things up, right? And there's a there's a market for that. He's perfect in this situation where you've got a guy that could clearly bust out and you just need like a stopgap. He's perfect in this situation, right? 
As a matter of fact, I commend LNG for keeping him because this is exactly where Plex is good, right? I was going to say, that is exactly why you should have Plex. Like, this this lineup is perfect for it. Yeah. Like, icons, icons either going to be great, and then, yeah, you got Plex in the back. I never, yeah. ever thought or there'd be a universe be where I say I want Plex on my team, but this is it, right? Yeah, I think this is like an ideal Plex situation. I totally agree with you. So then they, and then they keep, uh, Light and Iwandi. Um, Iwandi graded out like way better than I thought he was. Like, I, after watching him last year, I was like, okay, this guy's like, he's good. He's solid. Uh, a little bit niche. He, he's, he tends to play more like the Enchanters and like non engaging He's less good on the engaging supports, but he does play everything. He's very, very good at Tarek, which, um, ended up being, and like, honestly, they won some games doing that last season. So. Um, Iwandi actually graded out very, very high for me, and Light was not quite as good as I thought, which led me to believe maybe Iwandi was carrying him in some games. But um, bring back a bot lane. You have continuity there. Plex has played with these guys before, so you've got that like as a you know in case of emergency break glass situation. Um, all that said, like uh, this, yeah, this lineup's not doing anything for me. I. My biggest concern with this whole thing isn't even Icon. And I never thought it, like, no, it is Icon. But I don't think that far behind it, really, is everyone is just assuming Tarzan is going to be good. And I have, I guess I'm going to make my case against Tarzan right now. And this is someone that loves Tarzan as a player. But I'm going to make the case against him. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Played, didn't play in a top league last year. You don't know if he's going to be able to get it back or not. All right, that's the weakest part of the argument. Two, played in the LCK. Very different. At the, especially when he was playing in the LCK, very different than it is now, right? A lot of teams have adapted. Three, played on a Griffin team that, in hindsight, looking back now, how good did the jungler have to actually be on that team? I'll put that to, like really how how good did the jungle is there the Griffin were a team liquid situation right it was a crazy crazy strong lineup right? like all he had to do now granted he was extremely good at this all he had to do was find the the last gasp like final shot like to get back into the game after their lanes were getting choked out that the enemy jungler or the enemy team was going to do all he had to do was catch that and stuff it out now he did it almost every single game which is a skill, and that matters. But what you're going to see in the LPL, especially with a lineup like this, like look at this lineup right now. Is this Griffin? This is a very, very, very different than even the Academy Griffin lineup, like stylistically speaking. Now, maybe this unlocks him. I'm not ruling that out. Like this could certainly just be like, okay, Tarzan's a baller and he was held in prison by all that and he's just going to ball out and be a top five jungler in the LPL. Without, honestly, that wouldn't surprise me. But you know what else wouldn't surprise me? He just doesn't make the transition. And the LPL is just weird. And the thing that he's doing, or the thing that he's good at, just isn't relevant because his lanes are getting smashed in half these games. So, I don't think this is as... Everyone just looks at it as like, okay, this is a good player. This team added a good player. you got to look at everything. I don't think this is a good situation for him. And I could be wrong about that, but what do you guys think? Yeah, uh, I think if this team is going to be good, Tarzan and Icon have to be like a top four mid jungle duo in the league. Like that, that they have to be really, really good. I don't think Light and Iwandi is a super strong bot lane. We've seen it for a while. 
Um, yeah, they're good, not great. Yeah, if Tarzan and Icon are, are a run-of-the-mill jungle duo, or jungle mid-duo, then this is probably not a great team. This this needs to be a top-four mid-jungle duo where they really just go off, and that seems pretty unlikely, to and be honest. And if they are, they're like a playoff team. They ain't winning anything, right? I mean, I don't know that. Admittedly, I don't know about that much about Makuya, but like I, this on paper looks like the second worst team in the league to me. We're gonna get to the worst. Spoiler alert: We're gonna get to the worst next, unless anyone has any comments on LNG. I, I have a few. Okay, so starting from the top, one taking a year off from professional play doesn't change anything. Shout out Crown Shot, my boy. He's gonna be ready to dominate. That's fair. Everyone. That's fair. It could make him hungrier too. Like maybe he's just like hyper motivated and he's just like comes in and smashes everyone. Go on. Yeah. Um two, I don't think last year at this time anyone was saying Peanut and GA were gonna be a top four mid jungle trio or duo in the LPL and they made worlds. Okay. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's I think it's I mean I would argue it's more within the realm of plausibility that Tarzan and, and Icon are than that duo were at this time last year. Um, but it's probably sort of close. It just really depends, like you said, on what you think of Tarzan. Three, I think that junglers that do their job go like overrated or not overrated, the opposite, go overlooked because like, again, like, yeah, he doesn't have to do much, but so what do you want him to do? Right? Like, yeah, really understand the other side of the coin. Like people will say, okay, well, he didn't do that much because his lanes were always winning. It's like, okay. What what do you want? Yeah, just because he didn't have to, like, and that's why I mentioned that yeah. too. Like, he could very well come in here and just be like the best jungler in the league, and that absolutely would not surprise me. Yeah, I just um, don't think it's all like everyone looks at him. He's like, oh, Tarzan, he was a savage. He's gonna be good. Like, I don't think yeah. it works like that either. Right. No, I agree. And then the last thing I wanted to mention, um, I think it's uh, this is unrelated to all that stuff. Um, I think it's interesting that Plex like came back. All right to his roots because like he's he, with LNG two years ago he was kind of like the guy. Yeah. Uh, um. I mean, I guess they had Flandre at that yeah, time. Yeah, right? Flandre. Yeah. It was probably technically Flandre, but he wasn't like as known because that was like the shy's year. So Flandre, you know, wasn't really talked about as much, and they weren't a very good team. But uh, he had a, a few pop off performances. Like I was looking back, and he had like one game against JDG. I think this is the one specifically I remembered. And he went like 13 kills on like a Silas or something. And just, but um, it's just kind of interesting to see that. You don't see that too often where someone leaves for a year and then comes back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do, do you agree that like a lot of it banks on those, like the Icon and or Plex? Could be Plex and Tarzan, like the mid-jungle, like working out. Like, yeah. That, that's I mean, going to define the, the, the fate of this team, right? I would think so, um, but again, like we—it's just so hard to tell. Like, without seeing Meadow, without seeing how these other teams are, like John said, I don't know all the other teams off the top of my head. Um, but it, it can just be so hard to tell because you even have situations where like really good junglers don't look good, right? Like yeah. Carso, everyone thought he would make top insane, and I was one of those people. But then, like, he was kind of like a hidden member on that team. Like, you didn't even like care what Carso did for the most part. So stuff like that can happen. Too. How much different, really? I mean, look, obviously the caliber is different, but like, really, like putting them next to each other, top esports team liquid. It's like an orange and a smaller orange, right? It's not apples and oranges. Like they were the same style. Like Carson, 
I mean, if you look at Carson's metrics, he was terrible. But, like, that's not his job on this team. He's, like, basically Ning or Haro or, or you know, one of those types, like the all the Feast or Famine guys where he's not farming. He's not getting levels. He's sacrificing everything to get his lanes ahead, and that worked for them, right? So, I mean, I think there were moments for him specifically where, yeah, he was just bad. Like, he just made mistakes. He maybe showed his age a little or showed he was, you know, out of the loop a little. But, uh, yeah, you're right, like – there's their situation. This is my like concern with Tar- Tarzan though, because like you could make the argument that that was the case for him, right? So th- this is this is going to be a really fascinating landing spot. I'm actually kind of happy that he landed in a in a not clear situation, so that we can see how good he actually is. Because if he ends up just like if he ends up like hard carrying this team like a la peanut, then I'm going to be like, okay, Tarzan, I was wrong. I bow down to you, right? <laughs> like that's that's going to be it. So I mean, we're going to know pretty quick, I think. Or at least you know, in the, by the end of spring, we'll we'll know if this is uh if maybe he was a symptom of the the Griffin situation, or if uh, he's like the real deal. I hope it's the latter. So, OMG, Whee! are we gonna be excited about OMG again? Not this time. Are we not falling for it again, or is it actually just looking at this paper? And you can't There's do just it? it's. Yeah, it's just not possible to be excited about this roster. Uh, all right, so yeah. I'll just run through it. Um, so, new from RNG was okay. Not great, not good. It was really below average, but not horrific. He's just kind of a guy who's a, a warm body in terms of relative to the league. Um, Aki, who is in the top esports system, he's the top esports academy jungler. He's the interesting one in this lineup, I think. Wooming from Rogue Warriors. Uh, Bright, who was... He's basically been in the OMG Academy system, or OM Dream, for two years now. Oof. Uh, Eric, who I thought was actually very, very good last year. And then Cold and Sora both return. Um, Cold and Sora, I think both actually were pretty good. Uh... Sora graded out like crazy high, but it's like a it's like a nine game sample size, so it's like hard to hard to really take much from that. But uh, Cold was, you know, starting caliber. He was I thought he was good. Um, he's been through a couple iterations of bot lanes now, and he's been pretty solid. They also have Bafang, who was the support from the academy team last year, so another one of the supports. So we, OMG are going to be IG two diet 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 IG right. Uh, this look. Eric is good. Cold and Sora are both good. The rest of this team, honestly, is they suck. They're bad. This team it sucks. seems like they took the the highest potential people on the roster and got rid of them. Yeah. For for lower potential people that we still know about, like we've seen new, we've seen Wooming. New and Wooming are just lower ceiling yeah, versions just, of Curse and they're Icon. They're just guys. Basically. Like, <laughs> like really, they're Icon, just right? like. Yeah, this is uh, this is a bottom three team for me. Is this the last place team? They're my vote for last place. There's a, there's a pretty good argument for it. At least the, the rosters we've seen so far, they definitely look like yeah, the worst. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get to the rest of them, but I I mean, I'm just gonna say straight up, like this is my vote for the worst. Also, I didn't I gotta remember to change this because they actually have a roster now. Let me remind me to do that. I'll have. Um. Yeah, this is like. What's the ceiling situation for this team? Like, Aki's a savage. 
Wooming's passable, News passable, the bottom lane carries, and that's that. Yeah, like tenth place ceiling. Yeah, like tenth place ceiling, like just missing playoff ceiling. This is one of those LPL is a really big league, and you kind of just pray someone's worse. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, let me double check and make sure this is right. Yeah, so this is up to date. So somebody want to take over Rogue Warriors while I update Dominus because I forgot to do it while we were doing this. Rogue Warriors, they drop Coach Hoon. They drop both top laners, Holder and Crazy, and they drop Ruby from the mid lane. Uh, looks like the lineup is they, – they pick up a few people, and it looks like the lineup's going to be Ziv, who comes over from HQ, Haro, Forge, who comes over from Vichy, Betty, coming over from RNG, to go with Zwuji in the bot lane, and then Chocho uh, on support. This feels, for me – pretty similar to the omg roster as far as like i don't really see where they're winning games with the people that they have on this roster bringing in betty when they had zwuji who was an insane prospect like a year ago and then kind of had a pretty mediocre or bad last year forge i've never been excited about since he's been up in the main leagues this just this this team feels pretty similar to that OMG team for me. Chocho's been running around. He had some performances on TES, uh, but I don't think anyone would say he's like hyper exciting. So I just don't see where this team's getting their wins. Uh, this looks like a bottom five team to me as well. What do you guys think? They also uh, brought in Lucian from their LDL team. Yeah, see, that's uh, three bot laners. Uh, Ziff, <laughs> unfortunate to come from the AHQ. He looked good. I mean, okay. For a, for a team that made worlds, but um, this is this is just a team of mishmash of things. I'm not excited about Haro. He's he had, does not look like the Haro from what three two three years ago. Uh, every time he starts in Rogue Warriors, we can chalk it up to like they're gonna lose, um, and that's kind of how I approach DFS with them. Every single time you see Haro in the starting lineup, you're like, nope, we're not playing this. We're not playing this team. Uh, Chucho is probably the only upgrade. Uh, he looked You don't good. think Betty's <laughs> an upgrade? Over Zuji? You don't think Forge is an upgrade over both mid laners they had last year? I kind of like Ruby for some reason. But, okay, Forge, I'll give it to you. He's young. He looked good in his start uh, last year. Uh, probably didn't fit as stylistic with his last team. Uh, was it EDG or was it? Beachy. Ah, oh, you go from Vichy to Rogue Warriors, which is too complicated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a it's a mismatch. That's what I'm coming away. With. So I'll I, I'll say my piece on this because I I figured this whole thing out. So it's probably going to be Chocho and Betty would be my guess. Maybe Zwuji learns a little or, or maybe it's still Wuji and and Betty's just gonna mentor him but Betty was pretty good last season so I think Forge is a huge upgrade I think Ziv is a question mark D- does anybody think this is so Ziv is another LMS slash PCS import played for years years and years was he like seven years into his career now eight years into his career and now comes to the LPL does this feel like it's like all right I don't want to assume this. Does this feel like it's like collecting a paycheck? Very well could be. 
And to your point about Forge, I do think he's better than their two previous mid laners, but I don't think he has enough ceiling for me to be excited about him. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, like I don't want to. I don't. Wanna, so here's the thing: this team, I, I think, straight up upgraded across the board. But Haro, they kept Haro, and Haro is going to be your starter. He's the only that's a jungler. Obviously, that could change. They could bring an academy guy up. The thing with Haro is. You have like Haro and Haro and Ning are the ones that stand out to me in the in in that they're maybe the two best or most iconic at this like I'm just gonna flip a coin style. Like they're just gonna take a high risk play early in the game and it's either gonna lose you the game or it's gonna snowball, right? They're not good efficient economy junglers. They're just not good. Like they're never going to be elite junglers because they're not consistent enough, right? But if you need them to make a play, like that, they're, they're going to start some shit, and that's going to happen, and it is what it is. So I think Rogue Warriors are going to maintain their status quo as the punch-up underdog just because Harrow is going to do stuff like that. I think Forge is a perfect fit with a guy like him because Forge likes to do the same kind of thing. I mean, if you consider that they upgraded even like in a minor way at every other position, like – Maybe they like get hot and they can, you know, pull some upsets and probably get some more wins. Like to me, this Rogue Warriors lineup looks better than like OMG. They look better than OMG. They look better than LGD. I can't say that like they're going to be consistent enough to be a playoff team by any means. Like that's the thing. Like this is the team that's going to be like somewhere between like 12th and 17th and they're going to have some up- upset wins because that's the way they play. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like, yeah, I think they might be better than OMG, but they're still like, for me, like a 10th place ceiling team like we yeah. talked about. Like, I don't think they really have any, mo- almost any playoff shot. Yeah. They're going to be the same style of team except with better players now. That's the way I look at it. So like maybe add a couple wins and that's it. Doesn't mean they're going to be a playoff team or anything, but like they'll, they'll they're, they're going to upset some teams that, that you think they should never beat for sure. Because, I mean, look, for what it's worth, I do think, I don't think that's a good way to jungle. I don't think this is a good way to play the game, generally. But it is a way to brew upsets. It's essentially like the, it's like bringing a cheese deck to a Magic tournament, John. Like, you're going to beat some some tier one decks just because, like, they're not, like, there's no universe where they're prepping for this, right? And I'll give, I will give Haro credit for this. He might be one of the best in the world at this. Like him, Ning, Karsa. Ning, it's like more about getting his lanes ahead, but Haro literally was is just solo queuing. He's just solo queuing and assuming he's better than you, and sometimes he is. So put some better players around him. I really do think they just upgraded at four positions. And this team is going to be held back by Haro, and maybe they'll win some more games because they have better players now. But they're uh, to me they're like they're gonna land like squarely thirteenth. <laughs> like they're gonna they're gonna be like thirteenth and they're gonna lose to some bad teams, but they're probably gonna like beat Invictus and like EDG in a game or something like that. You know, it'll be something along those lines. Rogue Warriors are gonna be the underdog that you take a plus four hundred. Not OMG. OMG's not the underdog you take a plus four hundred. Um RNG. I I'm a huge fan of this lineup. So RNG uh, first of all, they promote Tabe to coach of support Annie fame, support Annie aficionado and 
darling interviewer, interview subject, Tabe, has actually been in the co- – for, for those that don't know, uh, season three world uh, world finalist with uh, Starhorn Royal Club at the time, which he was he was the support for Uzi when su- when support Annie was like his innovation to things. Everyone was playing the caster supports like Zyra, and he was like, now nah, we're just going to kill that and play flash support old Annie before the rework. Um, and Poppy from the Academy team, also on the coaching staff. They all right. So I'm just gonna go down this lineup and then we'll talk about it. Zhao Bai from E Star. E Star? Am I crossing that up? It's E Star. Yeah, it's E Star. Um, Zhao Hu is moving from the mid lane to the top lane, which we thought was gonna happen last year, maybe when they recalled crying back to their team. Maybe gonna see it this year. We'll talk about this in a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, Wei. And Xiaolong Bao, they bring in Wei in the jungle. They keep Xiaolong Bao. Kryon is the sole mid laner listed, but I'd assume Xiao Hu can sub if necessary. Gala is the sole lady carry listed. And then we have Ming. And I, so Lele is from the uh, RNG Academy. He's a support from the Academy system. He's been playing there since the beginning of 2019. All right. So in a weird way, this is like what we wanted last year, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about E-Star Never Give Up uh, going into 2021 spring. Um, Me too, why. Josh. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't change their name. Um, but this is a team that uh, in, in spring of last year, again, it's going to be the same top half as they had. I shouldn't – I don't want to mislead everyone too much. But same top half that they had um, in spring last year with Brian, uh Jabai, and, and Wei. Um, were very, very, like, came out of nowhere, kind of surprised a lot of people. Played really good League of Legends, honestly. Very high tempo, very fun to watch. Um, very, very good team. And they actually ended up, I mean, they ended up finishing in the spring better than RNG, which was something that no one would have predicted before. Yeah. Um, so I really like what RNG did, kind of. I think they ended up, they recalled crying last year in the summer if i remember correctly or something one of these guys yeah they were called crying in the summer and yeah. they sat essentially sat him on the bench until i think he played like three games or something yeah so um it almost seems to me like they were like okay i mean look we brought you back and it didn't go how we wanted in the summer so we're gonna kind of i mean you never know but it, it seems like they're kind of building around him and he was like i want these guys you know I know I can be successful with this top half. And, and that's what it feels like to me. Again, we don't, we don't know these things. So it's kind of speculation, but, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hoping for the best. I'm pretty optimistic about it. Definitely a lot of talent here and, and think they have a, a decent chance of making some noise for sure. I absolutely love this lineup top to bottom. Uh, so this is kind of interesting. Like I told you, I've been working on this, this player based model, right? Way graded out as the best player, period, in the LPL. Uh, he was the only person ahead of Knight. Now, obviously, so these are grades based, like, relative to position. Uh, if you want to go by, like, Madden ratings, so to speak. Now, obviously, these aren't quite Madden ratings because they, they, they it's capped out. at a, It's, like, lower and higher than that, so it's not going to go up to 99. It's going to be – it's it's a little bit offset. It's, like, closer to the center than that because it's based on, like, a Z-score, right? So, Wei had a 91.62. He had, like, a 1.38 Z-score. Like, he was way, way better than, like, every other jungler 
and I see what you did there. Yeah. That was good. I didn't. Even, that was a joke. I literally didn't even mean to make. So thank you, Josh, because I would have. I would just pass that right by, like a hundred percent. You bring back the same top trio. Th- these guys were ridiculous, right? So here's what I like about this. You bring back the same bot lane continuity. It was a good bottom lane, right? Gala and Ming, Betty and Ming were good. Gala and Ming were also good, right? Kryon's going to get the start. Kryon was an absolute stub when he played last year. I think maybe a tad overrated because the team was good, but, like, it was clearly he's a good player, and he fits this up-tempo. Him and Wei make magic happen. Like, it's it's amazing, right? Still have Zhao Long Bao if this doesn't work out, and he was great last year, too. He graded as my seventh-best jungler, right? Here's the thing I like about this. You have Zhao who's switching to top lane, you have a guy in Zhao Bai that has clearly played with this, so it gives him time to figure top lane out. And your worst case scenario is Zhao who doesn't figure out top lane, and you have the E Star trio that was shitting on everybody. Right? So, assuming that's what you start with, and you're going to give Zhao who, you know, a few months to figure this out, if Zhao who never figures it out, that way you're not handicapped by that and you're playing with a garbage top laner. Now, Zhao Bai didn't grade out very well, but. He's another one of these guys that like is better than his numbers are ever going to say because look at what that team did. Are you going to tell me that chemistry wasn't something special, right? So, and then God forbid, Zhao who like is remotely close to how good he was at mid lane and top lane, and all of a sudden this team's a juggernaut, right? I I yeah. have really high hopes for RNG. I think they were underrated last season. Their problem was that they were like we talked about this a million times. They were super two faced, right? They they literally would dunk on like the best teams in the like in the LPL. They would just like roll over them like it was nothing, and the next game turned into a pumpkin. And they would do that against no matter who the opponent was, good, mediocre, bad, and it was kind of frustrating. But like you see how good this team could be. I love. I, I'm a huge fan of this team. I'm gonna have a ton of futures on them for sure. I like this team. I think they're a playoff team for sure. Uh, up a not low playoff team. Like I don't think they're gonna come eighth or seventh. I think they're like a, probably a top five team in there. They should at least contend to win, although I'm not sure that I, I buy them as a winner, but I yeah. think they are they should at least contend to win. You know what this team needs, though, don't you? Uzi? They need Uzi, baby. Return. Come Listen. back. Really? See, what, what I was thinking is, like, this team would be really good if they had, like, Wink and Shousey. I don't know. It seems like. Oh, wait they're... a minute. It's almost as. <laughs> Royal E-Star give up. E-Star gave I... them up to Royal, you know. <laughs> I, I like I don't I don't think Gal is bad. Don't get me wrong. I think he's I think yeah. he's a solid player and he was solid last year. But I I think if Uzi returned, this roster would be would be sweet, like even oh, sweeter. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I would. <laughs> they'd be my favorites to win it, assuming he's like remotely close. Yeah, Way is a stud. Cry. I mean, we do have to worry a little bit about crying because he did basically take a split off. We saw him a couple times, but he basically took a split off there. We can't say for sure he's going to come back in the same form he was in E-Star. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, the roster looks really good. They look like a top-five team that's probably going to contend to some degree or another to win the split. Got to like it. They had one of my favorite off-seasons. So, like, this team, I already liked this team a lot. The end of last season, they were just, like, super frustrating. They were so frustrating because, like, the entire summer season, I was like, you're better than this. You're better than this. You're better than this. And, like, they'd have games where it's like, oh, they just blew out – they just blew out JDG like it was nothing. I'm just making this up. I don't actually remember who it was. But they would, like, blow out good teams. They have, like, 25-minute wins against good teams and, like, make it look clinical and easy. And then they'd, like, forget how to draft in game two. 
It was like the they were the weirdest team, but like the ceiling is certainly there. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Chris, thoughts on your dear beloved E Star Never Give Up? E Star, you mean Royal Always Give Up? Royal Always like <laughs> too late comeback. Oh, this team is driving me crazy. Like you said, the talent, the structure, everything screams like this team should be like top. Four, top three. I, I I need to see what Xiaohu does. I, it's just to me on a basic principle that they're still finding ways to misuse Xiaohu. That's just mind blowing to me. But overall, I think this is a very solid roster when it comes together. There's continuity. Way I think it's an upgrade over Xiaolongbao. Xiaolongbao had a great spring start, but just faded out. I think that's a big regression. But Way Way was just solid throughout the whole year. So. This is good. Uh, I like the coaching change. This this team is trying to call me back. If they put Uzi back in there, they got me sold. Come on. But yeah, come on. We're, we're talking everybody off cliffs tonight. No one. We're not. We're not naysaying unless it's OMG tonight or LGD. Okay. One quick thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish no, that's it. all. Go ahead. I was gonna say one quick thing just to, to touch on. I think this is something we're gonna see a lot going forward. Uh, it's something they've talked about in the LEC, actually, and it happened with SK, but midlanders moving to the top lane, I think, is going to be the the way of the future. Um, I'm kind of surprised it actually never ended up happening with G2. Um, but I think that, like, we've seen – it's it's become sort of somewhat commonplace to have support and AD carries move to the other role, yeah. um, but not super commonplace yet for midlanders move the top lane. But it does seem like it's just – in general, a higher skill position to play mid lane. And if you can translate that to the longer lane while still maintaining a lot of your macro sense and things of that nature, I think it could be very good. So I'm excited to see how it works with someone like Shahu, who's like, he was always kind of like decent in the mid lane and, and sometimes even, you know, borderline creeping up to the top of the league, but never like, it always kind of felt like he was. He's in the shadow of Uzi for like all his entire yeah. career besides last year. And I would argue besides that, Still had, like, obviously it's like easy to be like, oh, he had his best season. Uzi's not there anymore. But I think he really did have his best season of his career last season, I think. He had spike games last season, and they, the the plan for RNG was still to play through Betty, and that took away a lot from Xiaohu. I think they could have had a higher finish if they had just gone with Xiaohu. You carry the team. It also, I mean, it also says something that, like, they're still, like, even after Xiaohu put up that season, they're still going to cry in. So, like, they got a lot of faith in him. And, I mean, from what we've seen, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like, yeah, if Xiaohu can make the transition and he's, like, a well-rounded top laner, this team is insane. Like, this team is going to be ridiculous. Because Xiaobai is, like, the weak link on this team to me. And that, like, that's it. And, like, even he's functional. Like, he's below average, but he's whatever. He's, like, a starter, right? So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm i a huge fan of this team. I'm definitely going to have futures on them because I know they're going to be underpriced. So, Sooning, your world's finalists, 2020 world's finalists, Sooning, um, are promoting their assistant coach, Deanne, to head coach. They obviously lost their main coach to JDG. They are bringing back Bin SOFM, Angel Huanfang, and obviously Sword Art has gone to TSM, so they're bringing in On, uh, who's former OO. He's a developmental player from Sooning Young, who's their LDL team. They also added Jin Zhao from Billy Billy Gaming, who is actually a very underrated AD carry to me. I think he's very, very good. So, 
Run it knock, back, knock. knock, knock. Who's there? Hi, I'm John, the bad news bear. And the bad news is that this team's not going to be nearly as good as they were last season. That's yeah. that's uh, that's the bad news I'm bringing to all the poor Sooning fans that fell in love with the squad. I don't think this team's going to be that good this season. They really strike me, given how last year went for them overall, they strike me as a team who who caught who caught some fire, had a good metaphorum, things were going well, they were high confidence, and, and they did a lot of things a little bit better than we would have expected. I'm not going to say they're going to be terrible by, by any stretch, but I don't think you're going to see Sunning contending to win the LPL like the way they made the, the finals at Worlds. Uh, I, I think you're going to see like a 6th to 8th place team here that probably bows out early in the playoffs. I, I, I could be wrong, but I think we had a, t- a team here that really was feeling it to put it to put it mildly uh, during Worlds and really had a lot of things go their way, and I don't think we're going to see it uh, be quite as smooth for them this year around. Yeah, uh, I think Sooning, and we kind of talked about this during their Worlds run, right? Like, what, what was the thing we said about them before this? They were like one of those wild card teams, like in that sixth and seventh spot, right? We were like, you know, if the meta ends up being good for Sooning, they're live to win the tournament. We said that like before the whole thing started. We were like, they were our favorite dark horse because it doesn't take that much like changing in the metagame for the, to be good for them, right? Here's my thing. I think they got rid of their biggest metagame liability. As good as Sword Art was last season, Sword Art, I think, was the most meta-dependent player on this team. Over the course of his career, basically the, the support meta, like the top five support champions, were his five best champions over like his career, if you look at his entire career. LMS, LPL, everything. So... I'm not saying this team's gonna like win a finals, but I think they're gonna be in. They're, they're gonna be in the. I think they're gonna be a playoff team again, like almost for sure. Yeah, lower level playoff team is where I have them in yeah. my my like, thoughts. Like realistically, Angel Angel played out of his mind at the World Championship. I've never seen him play that good. I think Angel is more realistically what we saw during most of the summer split. He's just, I mean, he's like half. He's like mediocre. He's a league average mid laner, right? Uh, so I, I think that's more akin to what we're going to see. Don't expect to see Angel that you saw at the World Championship. If we see Angel halfway there to where we saw at the World Championship, this is maybe a top five team. Because he's like, I mean, obviously we have the big question mark with the new support, but uh, I mean, uh, and that's just kind of an unknown. Like we just don't know, right? Is yeah. in the system has played with a lot of these guys before. Like other than that, we don't really know much. So. If we see Juan, Bin SOFM Huanfang, if they perform the same level, this is probably a playoff team. If uh, if Angel performs like his average career level, it's probably a playoff team. If On's good and the meta is like not a Sword Art meta, they're going to be real happy they moved on from Sword Art, right? And that's not to say anything about Sword Art like in the LCS because it's obviously a different situation. Sword Art could probably play his off-meta champions and stomp in the LCS, but we're going to find out. Maybe that won't be the case. We'll find out. I still think Sunny's a good team. Uh, the, here's the thing, though, going into going into the LPL playoffs, I had them graded as the eighth best team. I thought they were probably better than that rating, but like they were very firmly in that that mid range. And I think John mentioned it. Like I, I believe they just kind of caught fire at the right time. I think they were better than people thought, but they also are being overrated now, which is weird. It's kind of a weird dynamic. So that's like a weird. You have to like pull yourself out of the box and look at that. And unless you've been following the LPL the whole season, it's it's tough to do that, right? But 
Yeah, Chris, you got something you were saying? Before. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you said, Angel performed out of his mind at Worlds, and we also sort of sort of taking step forward by Bin and Huan Feng. Huan Feng came into it last year as a known misfortune one trick. If you ban that, or he's Draven. like he was Draven before and that. Draven, and he got some good affiliates here and there, but it was just very limited. Uh, but hey, good grow from him. Bin made his name known, Mister Bin, at Worlds, but. SOFM and Angel were probably outperforming their average uh, last year. And so I'm expecting this to be a spring playoff team, but you'll see the drastic uh, fall uh, regression in, in heading into summer. Josh, you got thoughts on Sunni? I think that losing a support is, like, in my opinion, the hardest thing for a team to do. So that like immediately gives me pause. Because uh, I, I just, it just seems like they're the, <clears throat> a little bit of the lifeblood a lot of times with the shot caller. Again, it's team by team, hard to really know. But I think that that's going to be very interesting to see how they how they end up doing without sword art. Um, with that being said, I do also think that they're overperforming in general. Like you mentioned it was specifically Angel, I thought overperformed uh, in summer. And although I thought Ben was really good, I thought SOFM was also overperforming. So I wouldn't even be surprised if this team ended up making missing playoffs. But or I mean, I shouldn't say I wouldn't be surprised, but like I could see it. I should say um, because you know they're they're losing an important player or what I assume is an important player, and I think they're running hot. So I could definitely see them running up like seventh to tenth place. On that nine ten side missing playoffs. This is like a classic double whammy situation where you have a team that's being overrated and will likely be overpriced as well because they just made world finals, right? I I'm kind of banking on Sooning struggling to start, the price coming down, and I'm probably gonna hit them like the second half of the season. Like that's the kind of they feel like summer mad lines a little bit. Where they're just gonna be like overpriced as hell and like if they start if they like start like, you know, rough like, they have a rough first half of the season. Like, I could come I, – because I agree. Like, I see this – I see anywhere from, like, 4th to 10th for this team. I think that's – I think they probably make playoffs, but I don't think it's, like, guaranteed. But, yeah, I, I think it's, like, you know, 70% they make playoffs between 4th and 8th, fourth and 8th, and then, you know, other outcomes. So, I don't like them nearly as much as some of the other teams. Here's the thing. You have to divorce yourself from, like, what made you a lot of money, and Sooning made me a boatload of money this year. <laughs> but you got to call a spade a spade when it comes down to it, right? Like, and this team was good, caught a good meta. We identified that here on the Gold Card Podcast and at the Esports Department. We called this out. We were like, look, if this meta is good for them, they're going to be good. It happened. There it is. You can't fall in love with it. You got to hit it and quit it. Hit it and quit it with the underdogs, like uh, that episode title with Josh, right? <laughs> that was funny. Um Let's see. Anything else on Sooning? All right. Team WE, formerly World Elite. So, World Elite are more or less running it back. They made one big change, and then the mid lane is going to be a question. So, the big acquisition was Curse from OMG, who is name changed to Breathe. Or Br- it's just going to be Breathe. It's Breathe. With an E at the end, it's Breathe. If the cast are still saying Breath, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. But it's Breathe, Curse, 
get those names synonymous with each other. Can you guys tell Gelati used to be a teacher? Anyone? Oh my god! Yeah, except I wasn't allowed to drop an F bomb in the classroom, but that's there. Um, Beishang returns. He was an absolute stud last year, uh, hitting in the prime of his career. Uh, jumble at the mid lane, which I'm going to come back to. Uh, jumping and missing return. Uh, graded out as one of the best bottom lanes on the planet, and certainly, I think I had them like the be- I think they had them the best overall bottom lane in the LPL in terms of like individual grades. But like that's they're in that conversation is the point. Now the mid lane is Tishima's back, Shanks is back, and then they bring in Yimang, who is from the academy team. So, I love this lineup. I love everything they've done, but god damn it, we get to see Teacher Ma again. Are you kidding me? I really knock, hope knock. this is Shanks. Knock, Hi, knock. who's there? Hi, I'm John, the good news given. Team WE is going to be very good, and they're going to contend to win the league. Uh, that's, that's, my, that's, my, uh, that's my thoughts on WE. I think this team is sweet. Yeah. I think Curse, Curse was an awesome addition to this team. Now... I hope that Teacher Ma. I actually kind of like Shanks. I hope that it's going to be yeah, Shanks. Me too. Uh, if it's Teacher Ma, it's all right. I think they played with him well. I think he has some clear deficiencies, like in the one v one and in lanes. But they did play with him pretty well. But I think this team's going to be really good. I, I'm going to probably have some WE futures if the price is right, which I'm guessing it will be. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of this team. Yeah, same. Uh, Josh, what do you think? <laughs> I'm a fan of this team for sure. Um, I also think that. I don't know. I like Teacher Ma. I kind of like these dudes that do weird stuff. I like seeing Aurelian Soul, but I'm also just like a fan of seeing weird stuff. So that could be an unpopular take, but I, I definitely like this team. I think adding Breathe is insane. I think he was arguably like, I think he was probably the most underrated free agent in terms of like not, people weren't talking about him. I mean, for Christ's sake, we're hearing more about Clear Love than we were hearing about Breathe. Yeah, and he was. True. A top, what? I mean, you guys, you guys put the number, but thought he was definitely top tier last year He's in terms very, of the... very good. But it's also really hard to judge, right? On a bad, on a, on a team that bad, it's hard to judge. Uh, I mean, I think he's like worst case scenario, middle of the table, like worst case scenario. So, but obviously, a wide range of outcomes because it's hard to judge based on a team like that. This this team's good. Like, look. I looked I looked this through and I was like, okay, what if they start teaching Ma again and what if he is the same? It's probably still a playoff team. Like <laughs> my, so my my biggest issue with WE is like so all right. They have so much like upside potential. Like if Teachima gets a little better, huge upside potential. If Teachima develops certain things, huge upside potential. If Breathe is reinvigorated and just goes bananas. Huge upside potential. Because I do think Morgan was good, but also a little overrated. People, isn't it so weird that people underappreciate role players and they also overrate them the second they get any kind of clout whatsoever? Yeah. I feel like that happens all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's really good at his job. It's like, yeah, but, like, he's been good at his job. That hasn't changed. He's the same. <laughs> like, so, so they go from being underrated to overrated, like, overnight, when they're basically just the same player always. I think Morgan's very, very good, but, like, I think Curse offers you, like, more upside, also more floor. He wasn't immune from criticism last year. He had some situations where it wasn't just Icon losing them games. But, I, I mean, look, j- jumping and missing are, are bonkers. They're super good. Beishong's insane. 
he's very good. If Shanks comes in and ends up being good, or Yeman comes in and being really, really good, and all of a sudden it's like the same kind of team with like more upside. They brought the same coaching staff. My my only concern with WE is that I feel like their ceiling is capped unless they figure like the next layer, right? What was the issue we had with this team is like they 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 were too reliant on other teams making mistakes. They either played this really good up-tempo style around Teacher Ma playing a weird pick, like Aurelian Soul or something like that, or Pantheon or something, right? And they were good at that. If you put this in that bucket, right, they were good at that. They were also really, really good. They were exceptionally good at the Korean style, like super controlled lanes, minimize losses, scale to the late game. We fight for fourth dragon. We get the fourth dragon. We turn the game, and they were very, very good at that. The problem with that is, and that was in its own bucket too, it seemed like they couldn't do, like they couldn't flex between one or the other at any given time, even when their team comps would allow them to. It seemed like they had their mindset in one way or the other, which I don't think is a bad thing, but to me, their their, their ceiling is capped by their versatility, like by their, their lack of um, ability to engineer their own advantages, I guess is the best way to put it. Like the players... This team should be good. If Teachamot takes a step up, this team's just going to be a playoff team on skill alone. But I don't think they can get to that elite category until they start adding that dimension to their game that you see from JDG, that you see from from Top Esports. And Top Esports are kind of guilty of this too, honestly. So it's not an easy thing to add. But that was my biggest gripe with WE last season. It wasn't even Teachamot. As bad as he was at times, Teachamot wasn't even my biggest gripe. My biggest gripe was that they just waited for other teams to screw up when they didn't have to. They could have been pressing their advantages better. So I put that on the coaching staff. They brought the same guys back. Hopefully they learn from this season. But uh, I'm a fan. I'm with you, John. I like this team a lot. I think they're yeah, for me, for me, this is a top five team if it's the same exact teacher mob from last season. Yeah. And if, they, if they've taken a step up, then this is like a team that's going to contend to win the split. Yeah, I have them, I think, seventh if they're like exactly the same. If they take any steps up at all, then, yeah, they're they're – Sky's the limit. Um, anything else on WE? Chris, you got anything on WE? Uh, no. The LPL team has always been meta-dependent, but it, like you said, the draft was good, so I'm going to expect this coaching staff to take that step forward and continue what they did well and just um, progress through it. This is an exciting team. I like it. Yeah, I, I like that they kept their good pieces doesn't this team feel like they maybe were in the sweepstakes for one of these stud mid laners and they just didn't quite get there, so they kept these other guys on retainer and brought them back or whatever? feels a little bit like that to me. This would have been a nice landing spot for a couple different uh, top-level mid laners that were free, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know. Chovy might not have fit with that. Maybe he would have. He would have been – I mean, he's going to be insane anywhere, but anyway. Um, top esports. Um, Chocho's gone, sub top laner Moyu's gone, Goong and Crescent, who were on the coaching staff, gone. Uh, they add Warhorse from FPX, and they add support uh, Zhuo, who was... I wrote this down. He was in Team WE Academy for the last two years, behind Missing and, and others. Uh, other than that, same lineup. 369, Carson Knight, Jackie Love, Yu Yanja, the straight-up runback. Hard to fault top for doing this, right? Like, this team was nuts, and they just... They ran unfortunately ran into the Wombo combo of a team that they'd already faced a bunch of times, were familiar with, and that's the worst kind of underdog, isn't it? The team that knows you. 
and they were running hot. I mean, top, top esports were a top three or four team in the world. I was like rather bearish on them compared to a lot of my peers, and I still thought they were a top four team in the world. So to me, there's like no reason not to run the, run it back with this team. There's yeah, I think you run it back. You run it back for sure. Um, I think they were a little unlucky with the metagame. I think they were a little unlucky with some pairings. They had some bad uh, drafts too. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Leave yeah, they they, they had some bad drafts, and I think Knight did not show up in the way that we wanted him to at Worlds either. Um, if you watch the the LPL like spring and summer from last year, <laughs> there were so many games where he was just like absurdly dominant, and we just didn't really see that at Worlds. Yeah. Uh, he was fine, but it, there was like not very many games where he was just going off and crushing people. So, yeah, I think you you run it back for sure as uh, as T, as uh, TES, and you just hope that this is a better year. Yeah, I'll say this too: like Yuan job, another year more experienced. Got to remember, he was a rookie this year. So he's going to have a, uh, his first year under his belt. Most players are better in their sophomore year. If you were going to replace a player on top esports, who Carson. would you have replaced? Carson, yeah, it was going to be Carson, Carson for me as well. Um, but again, like he kind of fills that that niche. I mean, really, it's hard to want to disrupt anything on this team, which is why I'm a fan of the run back. I'm thinking the same thing for Gen G. Like I just want Gen G to do the same thing. Like they just caught a bad. They they just had a bad tournament and. You don't want to overreact. You want to make upgrades where you can, but I also don't want to disrupt what they had going. So top esports and Gen G feel very similar to me in that like Steam was clearly good. It didn't work out. Run it back, and you'll have uh, just as good a shot this time around. That's the way I look at it. Um, yeah, I don't really have any criticisms for top esports uh, unless you unless you don't like the Warhorse edition. That's like the main question mark. Probably. Uh, Jackie Love and you and Jeff for another year together. I think that's going to be uh, good. Good for them. Uh, finally see a full year of Jackie. Uh, did they add Fodic back? That's Fodic what is, he's under contract, but I, I mean, I doubt okay. he plays. Unless Jackie's <laughs> like resting or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fodic was okay, so we'll see probably. No, Fodic was okay, but the addition of Jackie just brought this team to another level. And we're going to expect to see the same thing. Hopefully we see a great night that world's disappearing act is not fun. Are you guys will, excited to go? For, go ahead, Josh. Uh, I was going to say, I will toss out that I do think that, like, the war thing shouldn't necessarily go, like, overlooked. Because what did we complain about with FTX last year is that they weren't, you know, they were not, uh, what's it called, adapting to the meta. I couldn't think of the word, sorry. And we have the same complaints about top. Yeah, in for, summer especially. So... I mean, that's, I mean, you don't know, but it could be uh, an issue. I know I wrote, I wrote in my article that like, I don't think this is just like, everyone's just going to, cause he's a name that they know. Like Warhorse is a name everyone knows cause he won a world championship. I don't think this is just an automatic upgrade by any means. It's just, it's change. Maybe it's a good change for both of them. And they, you know, I guess there's like something to be said for pedigree of like literally winning a world championship. So there's something to be said for that that I think is, is is tough to quantify, but you know, there's also criticisms for him as well. So, are you guys excited to go from top esports to TT? TT is the rebrand of Dominus Esports, who we all were hyper thrilled about at all times last season. I tell you, I'll tell you what. Um, they add Chris. So here's maybe the most interesting addition for this team. Chris was the coach that came in in the middle of summer for IG 
and kind of turned their their drafts and their 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 process around and like he came in IG turned a corner. So maybe kind of a sneaky good pickup. I don't know if this was just luck. I don't know if it's lightning in a bottle. Like obviously those players are insanely good. He could have just been like you know a perfect confluence of events and that wouldn't have surprised me, but I think there's something to be said for that team was basically clowning around all year and stopped doing that the second he came in. Um so he comes in they add Ziri, who's been an LDL coach for, like, four years, different teams. Uh, the roster is going to be Chalitzi, Xiaopeng, and then we have three junglers under contract. We have Xiaopeng, Bless, and VV. VV was from the academy team for um, – he was on IG Young, actually, um, who won the LDL. They were 45-9 and nine or something like that. So um, they also add – captain who was the mid laner for that team and is my vote for the best player in the LDL last season they still have Twyla as a mid laner as well they have Sky and Sam D as the AD carries so they pick up Sam D from Victory 5 unfortunately the Sam D PP god lane is broken up ripping pepperonis we gotta find have you guys seen the uh, so there's like the at Church of Chovy guy on Twitter have you seen this it's a guy. It's literally a guy. That, like I think he has notifications for like literally anything from Chovy, and he just chimes in on every Chovy thing. It's awesome. It's hilarious. And there's another one that's like pe- that's a PP guy guy, and it's like the church. It's like the yeah, the church of Chovy and like something. The PP guy guy I've seen. Yeah, the PP guy guy is like literally. It's like oh man, our 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 Lord and Savior cherishes every victory, and it's like them smashing some third tier like third tier team in China in the Demacia Cup, and he's like, oh, we celebrate every victory here. Like that's. Um, so, and then Teen, who is from the, I wrote this down, from Joy Dream, um, also in the LDL. Going young, rebuild here. They bring a couple names back and bring a new coaching staff in. I think this team's got, like, if if it ends up being VV and Captain, even if it's Xiaopeng and Captain, Xiaopeng was actually, he graded out, like, pretty good for me. To me, this entire team banks on captain. If the, if this guy's like the super like the stud that everyone thinks he's going to be, and like that he looks he looks insane. If you get a chance to watch this guy, he's an absolute monster. But if he ends up being good, I think this team could do something. If he ends up being just like passable, then I think this is just like OMG again. This team seems like one of the very few like rebuild teams, yeah. like true rebuild teams. I mean, there's there's not very many of them, but they seem like probably the the highest upside true rebuild team that's here. So maybe they can sneak into a low playoff spot if everything goes the right way, but most likely they're probably going to be a, you know, ninth through 17th, 12th, ninth through, (laughs) yeah, ninth through 17th type team, depending on how things work out. I don't think they're likely to be a playoff team, but they probably have that upside. I think they're maybe the best rebuild. Yeah. I mean, you, you went and got stud. They just have stud carries. Like if this cat, if captain works out, that's the whole, that's the whole catch here. Like, if Captain is let's let's like hypothetically say he's like a little better than league average. He's like the eighth best mid laner or something like that. Seventh or eighth best mid laner. And you have Sam D and it wasn't just the same it wasn't just PP God carrying because like like let's say Sam D is also good, or maybe he regresses to average. I mean, they have top ten players in three positions. That's like a start. They're young. They could grow into it. They have a new coaching staff. 
I mean, this is what I like to see in a rebuild. I'm with you, John. Like, this is this is what I like to see. Like, if you're going to go young, get stud young guys, right? Be like, oh, the LDL. The, the LDL, for those that don't know, they play a very, very long season. They play 54 games in the in the summer regular season. So we got a pretty good sample size of these guys. The entirety of IG Young are all insanely good. Any of those guys are gonna they're they're gonna they're gonna get to play in the LPL, I think. So and most of them are getting opportunities too. So yeah, Captain's an absolute monster. I hope he turns out. Uh, Josh, you got anything on on Dominus or TT now? I don't know what this is gonna be. Uh, not really. I think it'll be interesting to see how Sam D does, like you said. Um, we're gonna we're about to get to him, but the the V five situation I think is gonna be pretty interesting in general. Yeah, we'll uh before we get to I guess I mean yeah we'll go out of order, I guess. Uh, victory five, so victory five. Um, same coaching staff as last season, they retain the same guys. They pick up Langji. Um, they had Alias right. He just didn't play very much, or was he on somebody else? I forget. Alias was, was very, very poor. He was, uh, I think, the second lowest graded top laner in any amount of games last season. Not very good. Uh, Weiwei, who was an absolute savage last year, they retain. Uh, Mole, who, you know, fit into his role, I think ended up being pretty, pretty, like, pretty good in summer split. They lose Sam D, obviously, but they retain Y4, who has experience playing with PP God. We saw him a handful of times. And then they keep PP God as well. So V five like the mostly run back Weiwei actually went and looked, didn't resign, went and looked elsewhere, didn't get another contract, which is maybe a little fishy. Uh, now I don't know if that's like he was just waiting on an offer from them and didn't field any other offers, but did not resign, and then a couple weeks later came back and resigned. So like declared free agency and then came back and signed. So assuming he tested free agency in some capacity. They, I mean, they march back the same. They four, four. I'll say three and a half of the same five because Y four was here last year, but Sam D got majority of the playing time. Uh, interesting, interesting lineup. Josh, you uh, you had PP got comments. Yeah, I just I meant to say just like this team was crazy, right? Like one win to like competing for playoffs, so. I'm really interested to see what they do. I mean, I, I'm pretty hyped about them just to see if if it sticks. I mean, I, I'm i optimistic, but I guess it's kind of got to be cautious optimism at this point because it's hard to really realistically tell uh, if they're going to be the same level, same caliber. But I like the long G pickup, and I think the rest of the – I mean, I don't know. It, it's hard to tell what, what's going to happen with Y4, but – I think they have potential. I mean, this was a roster like no one thought was going to be anything last year, and then they all showed that they're actually pretty good at the game. So definitely interesting. And, and if it's not them, what I'm interested more in is, like, who's going to be that team in the LPL this year. Yeah. Maybe the, the best example of a sum is greater than the – or the the whole is greater than the sum of its parts team, maybe in the world. They were, I, mean, I think there's a reasonable argument for that. My question is, are we going to see Long G back – being a little bit more aggressive and getting some carry time every once in a while. I feel like he got really neutered last year and he didn't look very good being neutered. Uh, in previous years, when he was on uh, Sunning right. as Zhao yeah. when he was on Sunning yeah, yeah, as yeah, Zhao yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. he, he was a carry top laner and he was very good at it. 
Um, and then when he when he moved over over to RNG, it felt like he was mostly just a tank weak side he player was, and he was not pretty great good when he first moved over there. But like over time, <clears> you're right, like it kind of just like deteriorated. They just got away from doing that. Yeah, I'd like to see if 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 he gets kind of unleashed every once in a while over here on a team that's a little bit more likely to unleash you. I mean, RNG is an old dynasty of the LPL, and and they kind of want to do what they want to do. And Victory Five might be more willing to kind of play around with some new stuff. So I, I'd like to see him get unleashed a little bit, see if he's still got it. Team looks good. They look like a, a lower-tier playoff team. Uh, and I, and I, I can get behind them, for sure. Yeah, I think they, they look solid. Yeah, I, I think Victory 5... I mean, I have I have UVU Langji. I think... But obviously, like, again, Langji didn't get to... He looked pretty bad. I, I think there were things to criticize about him last season, for sure. I don't think he was... I don't. I don't think this was strictly, like, they weren't letting him do his thing. Like, he made, like, a lot of mistakes as well, but he also had some good things that he did, too. So, I have those two pretty close. Like, I, I, I graded BVU a little bit better, but, like, it's it's not by much. And it's, like, I think it's a wash. Like, if, if Langey regresses to his career mean, I think that that could be a little bit better. And you have basically the same team running back. Like, you figure there's some degree of teams figuring them out, but this team was just good. Like, I had them – they were a world's quality team. I had them in fourth in the LPL at the end of the season. It was a bummer that they didn't get to go to Worlds. They they ran – who they end up losing to? They ended up losing to Sooning, I think, right? I can't sure. remember who bounced them out of the playoffs. I'm pretty sure it was Sooning, and then Sooning beat uh, – what's it called? I'm going to double-check right now because that's going to drive me crazy. Yeah, they lost to Sooning. They beat Vic, they beat Fun Plus three to one, lost to Sooning three to one, and then you know you had Top Esports three out Sooning, and then Top and JDG in the finals in summer. So, I mean, this was, I think, like them and Invictus were like, I would have rather. I mean, look, I it sounds bad now because Sooning made the the finals. I would have rather seen Victory Five or Invictus there over them. Hell, I would have maybe rather seen RNG there over them too. And that's over a world finalist. So, yeah, Victory 5, I was, I loved this team. I think the Sam D loss is going to be a big question mark, but I, I'm a big fan of this team. I think maybe some regression, but they'll, they'll probably be a playoff team. So, last but not least, we kind of skipped over them, but we have Vici Gaming, who are essentially running it back with one change. Well, really two changes. I should, I should note the big one. Uh, Koma and Maokai depart. Uh, Maokai, we obviously mentioned earlier, and Koma is back in the LCK. Um, Lung, who was the assistant, one of the assistant coaches last year, is going to move up. So they're retaining some continuity there. From a player standpoint, it's the same exact roster, except Fofo instead of Forge. This team was an enigma to me. Uh, statistically speaking, they're the they're ridiculous. They're the best team. I know for a fact that's not the case. But they're very, very good. They clearly had consistency issues. You had the the, raw, the the jungle swap between Ikes and Leon that was driving everybody up a wall last year. Koma's out. Maokai's out. Loon's in. A lot of continuity here. Vici had their moments. I think we can all agree there. But is are we going to see inconsistent Vici, or, or is this team going to grow into, into their own here? I didn't like them last year. I like them less this year. Uh, I don't. I think you know you could see this team in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're a bottom three yeah. team or whatever in the league, but 
Uh, I, I don't, I don't really like the roster overall. I don't think they're going to contend. I don't think they're going to be a team that we're going to be talking about. Like, I don't know, could they make the run and, and be in the finals or I don't think they're going to be that kind of team. They might be a, a lower level playoff team, but I'm not excited about they're it. Just a weird team, right? Cause like their spike performances, they look so good. It's a little bit like RNG kind of, where like they'll have good games that they just somehow lose. They have like no business losing. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about Vichy, Josh? Tough team to tough team to get a get a read on. Yeah, Vichy was a team for me last year that I know you liked them a lot, Vince, but I I never really was excited about Vichy. Um, so to me, like it's not that that perception hasn't changed too much for me going into this year. Um, so it's really tough to to handicap them from that perspective because I already feel like I'm low on them, so to get lower kind of feels bad if that makes sense. Um, but I'm, I don't know. I just, I don't feel great about them. Uh, and it seems like they have a lot of change and I don't necessarily think a lot of change is good for anyone ever. So it feels to me like they're going to be a team on the outside. I mean, the they didn't, they changed one player and they lost the, yeah. I mean, it's the coaching staff and Loon and Lu- was here the before that. Loon was here before the Coma Malkai era too. So like in some ways they've, they've reverted. But so here's what's fascinating about Vici, and and regardless of whether you're bullish, bearish, love him, hate him, hate the inconsistency, love the potential, whatever. Like regardless of all that, I think what's going to be interesting here is to see. I kind of think this is going to be like a coma test, because if this team ends up being insanely good, then I think we can realistically point to coma as an issue, right? Because they, they ran the same roster back. I, I don't think the league has changed that much. If this team ends up being like a top four team and like they make finals or make quarter make semifinals or something like that, is everyone going to be looking at it as a fluke? Is it going to be that Coma underutilized them last year? I don't think four. I don't think Fofo's any. I mean, really, I think Forge is a little better than Fofo, but I don't think it's that drastic a change. And they're similar style players. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, to me, this is like a coma test almost. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not excited about it. I'm, yeah. I last year they felt like a team to me that could lose to anybody but couldn't beat anybody. Like that, like, oh, like yeah. they, they, they didn't have the ceiling to beat the best teams, but they could lose to the worst teams. And I, I, I want to see the opposite. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're... I'd rather see a Rogue Warriors, even if they're a little bit worse. I'd rather see a team that can beat the best teams in the league on the right day. I'm interested to see where their pricing is going to be at because I'm, I know, I know people just don't like this team. Like I don't know, I don't know. I, I'm to me, I'm like alone on an island with Vici, and I'm aware of that. Like I know it. There's like some bias there, but like, I don't know, man. I. Every it, it feels I to think me like of, they're, 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 I I know for a fact they're going to be underpriced. I think unless you like, I think, go ahead. I was going to say I think a lot of people don't like them because there was so much hype around them coming into spring last year yeah. when they got coma. People thought they were going to like take over the league, and then they had a pretty mediocre year. And especially like we we still forget sometimes a lot of especially in our industry a lot of the people that are involved in in esports got involved in the last year. Yeah, that's true. So if, if your first thing that happened to you pretty much was like you're getting ready for Vici to be awesome because you read some articles about them being awesome and then they weren't, then you, they might just be kind of spoiled for you. for or you, or you get blown out by them swapping junglers for game two yeah, and exactly. back in game three. And that leaves it. Like, that's what I mean. Like, are Vici going to be a team that's potentially like, like under? So here's the thing. 
I think if Vici, even if you bake in regression, right? Even if you think that they're going to end up being somewhere 10th, 11th, 12th, something like that, or in that range, even if you bake that in, like, I kind of think this team's going to be still underpriced. Like, they're going to be a good enough team to punch up. Like, they got players. These guys are all good. They might be slightly underpriced. For something like Futures, I just don't think you can touch them because I just don't think they can win, even if their price is really good. Yeah. But for, well, would, for so like, this isn't game, a team, this isn't a team that I think is going to like win the split, but this is a team that I think could be like a playoff team that's competitive. So, and I know for a fact that I'm I'm higher on them than you guys are, but like, I'm just it's going to be interesting to see how the prices shake out with this team for sure because I, I I don't know if they're going to be right in that middle ground just because nobody knows what to do or if they're going to be underpriced because nobody likes them kind of situation. So, it's going to be interesting. Um, that's the LPL. That is all the roster moves. If we missed any, feel free to let us know. And if you tell us any like super super minor ones, then don't be a troll. <laughs> But I know for a fact we're going to get some of those. Uh, anything else tonight, guys? Ran pretty long, but obviously the LPL 17 team is pretty uh, in-depth, and we didn't cover any of it, really, before this. So hopefully, I have a short was... sign-off yeah, go topic. Go ahead. I just have a short sign-off topic that we can do real fast to, to honor our new channel in the Discord. Can I, get a, can I get a quick favorite movie from you guys? Can you Ooh. tell me your favorite movie of all time? Or at least one that's in contention if you got like four or five that are right there. Um, yeah, I'm a movie guy, but I'll just go over Remember the Titans. I think it's a classic. Oh, man. I'm kind of a huge movie guy, so this is like... I'll, I'll say while you're thinking, my favorite movie is Mulholland Drive by David Lynch. Oh, you do love that um, movie. I remember us having this conversation. Yeah, if, you, if if anybody has not seen that movie, go enjoy it. David Lynch is a, is a filmmaker who makes... Many of his movies are almost incomprehensible. Uh, and Mulholland Drive was the perfect time where, like, he got a bunch of studio money, so they forced him to make the movie make sense if you think about it really hard. So it's like all the Lynch, but with uh, with enough uh, comprehensibility that you can understand what's going on if you think about it. And I love David Lynch, so. Man, oh, man. I've got, like, too many that span too many different things. But, like, off the top of my head... <laughs> It's gonna sound really, really stupid, but it's just because it's like my inst- like my gut tells me I-, I the Matrix. I know it's not a good movie. That's the thing. No, like, the Matrix was groundbreaking. So like, I know it's not a good movie from an artistic standpoint, but in terms of like not even like impact that's had on me, but like I reference it like quite literally every day. Like I quote it, I do something, I watch oh. it ten million times. Um, Cashmere as Neo flies up into the air is like a freaking goosebumps moment at the end of the movie. The uh, the metal detectors going off when they walk into the building is a is a a moment. Like they, that movie has so many moments in it that yeah. are insanely good. And I'm trying to think like for me it's like they're, they're like different genres cover different things. I'm I've always been see I kind of think this is like a super underrated one, but a, a Beautiful Mind was like one of my favorite movies. Like soundtrack, everything just kind of brought everything together. I love that movie. Beautiful Minds, The Matrix, Comedies, Wedding Crashers. Yeah, I watch a lot of movies, so I like it it's I know those sound like like this sound like the favorite movies of someone that doesn't watch a lot of movies, but like for a lot of them I have to like I would have to think about this in more depth and then I go, Oh, you know, I The Departed. 
that's gonna be the meme all my friends listening are gonna laugh my like laugh their asses off because that's like i used to watch that movie like almost every day for a long long time but it was great uh, scorsese movies just get me man something about it um Okay, that's what you guys thought. That's a good one. That's a good one. I have a um, just a brief shout out, more than anything, more than a sign off. But um, the uh, person responsible for our intro music is a friend of mine named Dave Harvey. He has a band called Harvey and the Hendersons, and he also has a Twitch channel that he does live cover. Like he has cover bands literally in his house on Friday nights, and they have like lights and everything, and they produce it and they mix it and everything. And they put it out on Twitch. So the Twitch channel, I'm going to put it in the show notes, but it's twitch.tv slash Harvey's House. Uh, H-A-R-V-E-Y-S House. Uh, Friday nights, and I think sometimes Saturday nights, they have shows, but you can um, you can hit that and hit the notification button and everything, and they'll they'll um, you know pop up when they're live. But they do, it's literally cover band, like, like going to a bar and listening to like good cover bands and some good original music too. Uh, mostly from bands in the tri-state area here, like Jersey, PA, Delaware area. Um, some really, really good stuff, and he's, like, really talented and a fascinating guy. And, you know, he hooked us up with – he does our intro music, so he hooked us up, and I figured I'd, you know, return the favor and everything. Because it's actually – it's it's really, really cool if you're just looking to get, like, that bar vibe or even just, like, listen to sweet cover music. It's, it's good. It's well-produced, and it's literally in his living room, which I think is awesome, and it's a sweet idea. And uh, I want to support him for that because I think it's it's pretty cool if you get a chance to check it out. So, yeah, ran super long this week, but that's okay. The LPL 17 teams, the other leagues are not, so it's a lot easier. And I think without further ado, oh, Esports Department Discord is free. Hit all of us up on Twitter. And I'll say this because the season's kicking in in a few weeks. We've got the LCS lock-in tournament, the, pre- the weird... I don't know if we call it. Can we call it a preseason tournament, or is I guess the Seems preseason like tournament, right? The LCS now has their own Demacia Cup <laughs> called the LCS Lock In. That starts on January fifteenth. So coming right up. Coming right up. We're gonna have articles coming out. I'm gonna have, you know, my all the previews for the major leagues. We're gonna have a lot Stay of conversation. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of conversation for DFS for betting purposes for just general analysis. A uh, lot of stuff coming at you from the esports department. And I think we got stuff. We have, right now we have the Demacia Cup and Kespa Cup, and we got. Um, I th- I'll shout out to Emmerich who's been doing write ups on the Demacia Cup and Kespa Cups for um, DFS purposes in the Discord. And you can find his stuff, and all this stuff is free. Come hit that up in the Discord. Join the conversation. Uh, just when you think there's no League of Legends going on, there is, and there are people talking about it. And uh, we would love for you to join us there. So. Uh, yeah, I think without further ado, we're going to get ourselves out of here. I keep saying without further ado, when really I just say we should just be like, peace out. We'll see you guys next week. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. Closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.